<laughs> Happy anniversary. Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. We've been going on for one One year! One oh year. my god! That's crazy. We started Adventure one year ago. We have not done anywhere close to 52 episodes. I think we're about maybe... Uh, no, just... just for something. I think we're about eight weeks behind 50, okay. 52. We've, Wait, really? We've taken quite we have a few like 40 weeks. episodes? I think this will be our 44th. Well, yeah, That's we crazy. Had, we had like the February hiatus and then we other we stuff We missed too. last week or two weeks yeah. ago when this releases. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, but anyways... Um, yeah, so one year ago, we did Thor Love and Thunder, uh, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves for those newcomers, if they're coming new to this anniversary episode. I am Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. As we always do, we are going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, then we're going to ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? So, as I was saying previously, uh, one year ago we did Thor Love and Thunder in honor of Thor Love and Thunder and our our uh, pilot episode. We are and going to be reviewing that movie. an enduring hatred of that movie. We're going to be reviewing the box office blockbuster bomb the Flash from this year, 2023. Very exciting. Uh, and we'll, as we'll find out, there are some similarities with Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Aiden, would you like to tell us a little bit about this movie? I can tell you a little bit about this movie. It was directed by Andy Muschietti of It and It Chapter 2 fame. Uh, the screenplay was by Christina Hodson, but the story was by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein and Joby Harold. Those are the Freaks and Geeks guys, except for Joby Harold. Um, it was it's starring Ezra Miller, Sasha Cali, uh, Michael Shannon, Rob Livingston, Maribel Verdu, uh, Kiersey Clemens, uh, Angie Tra. Sorry, I don't know that name. Michael Keaton and Henry Henry Brom. Uh, it was released on June 12th, 2023, uh, but June 16th in the United States, runtime 144 minutes. Uh, the budget was 200, 200 to 220 million and it made $268.4 million. Yikes. That's not Very great. cool. Now this, this movie okay. has been in development hell. Uh, I don't, I'm, I, I don't know all the information. I'm trying to look it up as I'm talking right now. I but can talk people, about it. People I know, I know exactly say, I know exactly well, what happened. <laughs> it's been going on for 10 years. It, it was announced that there would be a Flash movie before the Flash TV series started. We did not get the Flash movie until the Flash TV series ended, <laughs> yeah. I believe, eight seasons later. Very crazy stuff. Peter, what do you want to tell us about uh, Well, basically, Flash like the, Warner Bros. has been wanting to make a Flash movie for a very long time, but they... Um, Either because they don't like the script or the director signed off. Um, one way or another, people came in, people left, and uh, the script got worked on by a lot of people. Some famous people as well. I'm pretty sure Lord and Miller worked on a version of the script. This is true. And, mm. um, and yeah, I guess now, you know, with COVID and everything, sort of the production got shut down during COVID probably most likely. And now it's finally released. I think we saw yes. like the first look over 
three years ago now? I, th- I think in 2020. Like, it was during the first of the DC fandom type thing. Mm. I was hoping for a little more in-depth background, but uh, just from, like, scanning, I've got some more stuff for us. So, yes, uh, it was originally going to be penned by um, Lord and Miller, but they got sidetracked by Solo, which they also did not end up writing. Uh, um, Rick Famuyiwa uh, was going to helm The Flash for a bit. Uh, I believe... I'm just going to check if I have the right person in mind. Yeah, I think he did Mando. He did some Mando stuff, if I'm not mistaken. He also did Dope, the movie from 2015. Uh, which I think has Kirsten Clem Kiersey Clem Yeah, it's in it, the uh, Iris, it's Iris West. Movie. Yeah, it's Very Iris funny. West. Yeah. Um, so he was supposed to helm it at one point. Uh, this article that I'm looking at says throughout 2017, names ranging from Robert Zemeckis to Sam Raimi to Jordan yeah. Peele were brought up as people uh, as Warner Brothers wanted to direct. Uh, so they were probably offered that they weren't necessarily on it. In, yeah. Early 2018, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein were hired. They recently did Dungeons and Dragons as well as Game Night. Uh, and yeah, they also so, and then a, with some of the Spider Man MCU Spider Mans, I think. Interesting. I didn't know that. You were writers. Oh, yeah, nice. that's cool. And, and they're uh, ultimate... freaks and geeks as kids. Oh, cool. Oh no, I think I knew that. And ultimately, I that two minutes ago. Yeah. I you don't listen am, to my movie info? I'm hardly <laughs> listening. I'm, like, focusing on several things at once. Um, but ultimately, it landed on Andy Machete. Was that the best choice? We'll discuss it. Uh, but before we do, uh, we play a game. It's called Predacritic. There's an, a website on the internet called Metacritic where uh, critic scores of a movie are average out of 100. We are going to guess uh, where the Flash ranks on that metric on the Metacritic metric. Uh, and to decide who goes first, we have a wheel that I spin and that I'm not stalling to get ready because it's yeah. not prepared and someone still needs to add their name and I'm my monitor isn't working and I'm spinning the wheel now and the wheel is spinning and um, yeah. definitely was prepared. I'm not uh, waiting for it to land. Oh no, it's really close. It's Aiden. Aiden is gonna guess I was Ooh. ready for this. Aiden is Dude, another week of Aiden not playing the game. Hell yeah. Can't believe it. Uh, okay, well, I think this is going to be low. I think it's going to be low. I think that I'm feeling like a 50s sort of range. Like, that's just where I'm going off, off the dome. I think uh, this movie's bad, but I rarely see Metacritic scores going, like, that low. Like, super, super low. And, like... This movie feels like it was made by an AI, and I think because of that, there are elements of this that are competent. Like, you know, like if an AI wrote a script, they would make a script that is generally functional, right? And so I think that there are functional parts of this movie. I'd, I'm actually just going to go 53. Sure. I think that gives a lot of credit to AI. I'm not sure that they would actually produce a functional script. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> No, I think they would. I think they would. I don't think it would be good. I think it would be weird and hollow and empty. But I'm saying, like, would this plot point occur at the right point, and would a plot develop that would generally work altogether? And I think I do think at that point. I don't want to give. No, I don't want to give credit. Actually, I disagree because AI does a lot of extrapolation. It's very much like basing off. Sorry, like what they're creating is very much based on existing stuff. 
So I doubt it will be coherent or like it will even make sense. But anyways. Regardless, <laughs> yeah. I have spun the wheel again. Peter, you are going next. Where do you think okay. the flash I'm going to go with the classic. So I think last time when we played the game, we found there was like an offset between like 9% between Rotten Tomato and Metacritic. So sure. I think this Ooh. is the 64 on Rotten Tomato. So I'm going to go with the 55. Okay. Are you allowed to do research on this? Are you allowed to just like like know the Rotten Tomato score? And then well, like... I, well I just, I know. Because right. <laughs> I usually check before I watch a movie. So. Okay, well, I, uh, yeah, this is tough. Um, I, I, I mean, you can play the game. You can play the I game. I can play the game. You've nicely yeah. given me a slot. You didn't have to do that. Um, I might just do that. I see, I see it quite truly landing in the 50s. But you know what? Sometimes life is more fun if you play Risk. 40s? I will say, you said 55, Peter? Yeah, Aiden said 53. I'll yep. say, mm, I, I have to remember if people like this movie or not. I think 52 is calling your name. 52 is calling your name, I think. It's calling me by my name, actually. Well, well, then Aiden gets to play the game, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what he wants. Well, the question is, is it higher or is it lower? I don't know. We're, okay, we're talking about critics. Let's get down to brass tacks. We're talking about critics. Critics don't like this. I'll, I'll go for 52. We'll just see what happens. Let's go. We'll see what happens. Okay. Life is more interesting. I don't like necessarily playing the game. Uh, so I also just, I'm, I'm, I am concerned that it could be higher than we expect. There's part of me that's like unsure. Yeah, I have that concern too. And I was, oh man, I see, I shouldn't have, I should have gone with my gut because I would have guessed right. Peter does, in fact, win this one because it got a 56. Okay. Not Dude, I told you the offset, man. The offset, nine percent, bro. I'm telling you. But it's. I'm gonna ban you from looking up Rotten Tomato score. I didn't look it up. I just know it. Well, then don't know it. You're not allowed to know. Well, it. Oh if you just like search the movie on Google, you do see it. It is right there. Well, I don't know what the Rotten Tomato score for this movie is. I think okay. I think saying that, that like that's not not a counter argument to what I no, said. No, but I'm saying I'm saying that you can exist and not know what the critic what the Rotten Tomato score of a movie. You just have to try. You don't you know like I feel like Peter's actively seeking it out. He said he looks it up before he watches a movie. So, anyways, as the winner of the game, Peter, you get to give your non-spoiler review of the Flash first. Peter, what did you think of this movie? Okay, so I was originally somewhat excited to see this film um so i thought like i thought it was okay um and uh well after watching it i think it's not very good um i give I, i'm just gonna go straight to the score i gave it a three out of five i think my overall review is there are some very high highs and some extremely low lows and everything you heard about the cgi is a hundred percent factual and the fact that a lot of the CGI stuff is very unnecessary, it's like the fact that they're there is like purely for cam cameo purposes. It's like it does not push the plot forward in any way at all, which is a, honestly a real shame. Like I think what uh, Warner Bros. were banking on was sort of to make this the Spider-Man far from home, but for Batman, for Mario Keaton. But because 
Keaton's film never really connected with me in the way that maybe it did for, you know, like when if it came out in your childhood, for example. Um, so like that wasn't a huge thing for me. And I think if anything, like I guess my Batman would be Christian Bale and like like that Batman will probably connect with me more. But um, throughout the film, there are like the third act is genuinely, I, I thought it was very good, to be honest. Like, um, uh, and of course, we'll get into it when we talk about spoilers, but uh, I think the movie doesn't really have an identity. That's my main problem with it. Like, I think it has some very, very good concepts it's trying to introduce. Um, if you've seen the trailer, uh, they're trying to pa- pair up Batman with uh, Barry to explore past traumas, which I thought is a brilliant duel, but they didn't use Batman in that sense at all. They used him more as fan service. Like 90% of Milo Keaton was just apparently repeating his old lines and also just like look cool as Batman, which is such a shame when uh, there's so much can be done there. And uh, uh, what else do I to say? Um, Supergirl clears though. I really like Supergirl. I thought like um, she's very cool, very badass and like just generally like short but sweet um, her appearance on screen. And uh, overall, would I recommend people to see this movie? I think it's a skippable one. It's not that memorable. There, there are some very good moments, in my opinion, but uh, definitely a skippable movie, though. That's cool. my review. Yeah. I like some of what you said. You said about the movie having no identity. I think it's very true. Uh, yeah. I also think that what you said about the movie having high highs is just false objectively well i'm gonna talk about it when we get into spoilers but i did appreciate some parts of the movie i really like some parts if i were to jump into my spoiler free review i will say i do not i would not say there are high highs in this movie i would say that there are some points that are higher than others but if you are in a if you are in a valley or like you're in a prairie or something. Anything's then, going up. <laughs> then a hill is a mountain. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So okay. So to start with, like some of the more positive things I have to say about this movie. Again, I actually think like while being dumb and manufactured and weak, I think the script like follows a story and it it feels like a more complete story than Thor: Love and Thunder. That's oh, what yeah, I'll say. Absolutely better than Thor. I actually think the script is better than Thor: Love and Thunder because I think the whole time watching this, I had that in my head of comparing the two. I think it's a better script. Um, and then I also think there are some times where it's like there's a legitimately like funny or interesting idea that they just don't do. Like it just ruins itself in a way that is not fun. Uh, I would go as far as to say that this is not a movie. This is a vacuous void that has taken the shape of a movie i like at no point felt like they were in a real place this world didn't feel like a real place it didn't feel like the characters were there uh it's just bizarre it's empty it feels like there's no one there it feels like there's no consequence to anything it feels like there's not much point to anything um i think that this movie is annoying i think that most of the comedy is very annoying um i think the cgi is bad i think the action's bad uh i think this movie's bad and so (laughs) i i would not recommend this and i'd probably give this one and a half or two stars me and aiden are gonna be like just shaking hands the whole episode (laughs) i swear to god this movie was i like 
I cannot emphasize this enough. An excruciating watch. <laughs> I watched this this morning. I woke up at like maybe I started this at like eight thirty, and yeah. I didn't like I didn't drink a lot last night, but I had a beer, and so yeah. I felt like like just a little bit hungover, just because like I don't drink very much. Yeah. And like let me tell you, I felt that. I was like this plus. The Flash is like terrible. The Flash is not a hangover cure. Um, yeah, it's, but... I I had come home from the same event having drank more than that, uh, and then watched it immediately upon getting home. And I'm like not convinced that the movie I watched was like real. Like I'm part of me is kind of like that's not what it was. There's something else. Like I watched a torrented like I, like bizarro version. That's not what the movie is. There's no way. Did you continue to drink while watching the movie? No, I drank oh, two cups of tea, actually. That, okay. Yeah, I drank two cups yeah. of tea because I needed to stay awake, but that was it. Fair enough. That was quite late, so yeah. And I you were able to sleep afterwards. For that. Yeah. That's crazy. Like like a CGI baby. Um, yeah. But anyways, back to, back to my review. Um, I felt very drained watching this movie. It's just like nonstop Ezra Miller as Barry Allen is a pain. There's a line in the movie that's so great. He's like, you're not, he's talking to himself. You're not charming. You're abrasive. And I said, yes, you get it. You understand. Why are you putting me through this saw trap of a movie where I have to watch two Barry Allens talk to each other in like the most annoying nerd speak. I like, I don't know how they created this character that feels like, like sitting on like pins. I don't know, but it was it was awful. Um, what else can I say? Uh, the emotional arc of this movie, I could not care less about. And I don't think the movie cares that much either. No. I think they threw I it in because they... About what it is. <laughs> what? I think it gets confused I'm... about exactly what it is, the arc I... is as well. <laughs> I think, yes, I think the movie does not know what it's about, what it's trying to say. I think emotionally it also, like there's just a lot of like vague vagary like vague things going on um it's a movie that seems competent this is what aiden was saying it seems competent it has the structure but this is pretty much just because it's copying a comic book storyline if it wasn't just ripping off a comic book and changing some of the details i think this movie would just like fall apart completely um the direction is really bad it's like or like it's it's fine but like also, there's some, like, just, like, it's nothing. It's a nothing direction. And I'm, I am shocked that Andy Muschietti is getting to direct the Batman movie. That is insane. Um, what else could I say? The, um, the Easter egging and, the, it's not even Easter egging at this point because it's part of the movie, but things calling back to, to older movies. Um, and it's, it's just like, what are we doing, guys? It's the laziest I, of the version of this that I've ever seen. Like if you if I didn't care for No Way Home, uh, like, but even watching that I had a good time, sure. and like this was just like lowest common denominator. We're barely trying. Michael Keaton is barely trying. Um, I would rather watch Thor: Love and Thunder again. I would rather watch Thor: Love and Thunder five times in a row than have to watch this movie again because at least, at the very least, I can laugh while watching Thor: Love and Thunder. I can laugh at the stupidity that is on screen it's it's trying to be so funny and failing that the failure is funny the failure of the flash is not funny 
it's depressing. This is a depressing movie, and the ending is so fucking cynical. It's like this movie is crazy, uh, and I cannot wait to talk about it. I gave it. I haven't rated it yet, but I think I think I'm gonna land with Aiden. I I thought I would give it a two, but just because of like how it has ruined me emotionally, I might have to dip it down to one and a half. I give for reference. I gave Black Adam uh, a two stars. I'm not sure I would still give it two stars. I might give it less, but um, it's it's about the same. DC the same. has been putting out movies of roughly the same quality for a little bit. Um, thank God the DCU is dead. Uh, that's all I can yeah. say. Anyways, uh, oh, and last thing, I would not recommend people go watch this unless I had a sworn enemy, in which case I would tell them to watch this movie. Uh, it's not that dead, for... Did you hear uh, they're bringing back Gal, uh, Gal Gadot for uh, another What a Wonder fascinating Wonder. decision. Yeah. Of all the people in the DCU, we could talk about that too. Uh, but before we do, we have to recap this movie for people who have not seen it. And boy, do I recommend you do not watch this movie. Yeah. Just listen to us talk about it. Don't give the corporation money for shit. Uh, so it's actually me who has to do it, I'm realizing. Peter, yes. or Aiden, can you give us a spoiler warning before I have to do this? Spoiler time. Thank We're you, in sir. the spoiler zone. We're actually in the spoiler verse. The, we the are force. Now. We're in the Speed Force spoiler force. Yeah, yeah. We are now in the spoiler zone. We're in the spoiler That's sphere. Cool. The chronosphere. Yeah. Spoiler, yeah, the chrono sphere. spoiler sphere, yeah. And I'm looking at all the spoilers. Oh my we're gonna see our, yeah, we're going to see our past podcasts coming through too. <laughs> all of our worst takes. <laughs> uh, so I have two minutes unless I can race through time and whatever flash joke. I have two minutes to summarize this movie, and I'll, I'll do it. Okay, three, two, one, here we go. So the Flash is friends with Batman after Justice League. Batman blew up a hospital. I'm just kidding. Uh, a bad guy blew up a hospital. And the Flash has been sent in to save it. He does. Uh, then he is in trouble at work. His dad is in prison for murdering his mother. He probably didn't do it, uh, but Barry has no proof. Barry decides to go back in time all of a sudden and put a can of tomatoes in mom's cart because that stopped murderer from killing mom, apparently. So no, so tomato, good, murder, bad. Uh, yeah. Flash is like, well, that was enough. He's pushed out of the time stream uh, as he's trying to go back home. And he is now in 2013 where he is 18 years old, supposedly. And he meets himself and um, he tries to give himself powers because he's landed on the day He's supposed to get powers. So he goes to give young Barry powers, but in doing that, loses his own power. So only young Barry has powers now, and he's shit at it, and he makes a big mess. Uh, also, 2013, if you remember, Man of Steel happens. Apparently, Barry was there, too, and saved a kid, and a dad died. Crazy. Uh, it doesn't matter later, though. Uh, so yeah. Man of Steel is happening during this movie. <laughs> um, just wait till I need to focus. Man of Steel is happening uh, they go to see Batman for some reason because they need help to stop Zod and there's no other superheroes all around and they need to find Superman and they think Batman will find Superman. Batman is Michael Keaton, it's not Ben Affleck. They go to find where they think Superman is. It is not Superman, it is Supergirl, Kara. Uh, Kara doesn't want to help, but then she does. Uh, she's healed by the radiating power of the sun. She gets a tan. Uh, and then they go to stop Zod, who is not in Metropolis. He is in a desert wasteland. 
and they yeah. try to stop him and they fail and they keep failing and he keep going back in time and retrying the battle and it just keeps going bad. Young Barry Allen eventually tries so hard that he becomes an old man and he's just covered in... I lost time. Uh, I'll finish up, though. He's a bitter old man. He's the bad guy who pushed him out of the time stream. Uh, Barry, old Barry's like, it's fine. Young Barry dies. Barry goes back in time, undoes what he does, and then everything is back to normal. Or is it? Except in George Clooney... George that Clooney. was so silly, by the way. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> what were you I, laughing I mean, at? I didn't know what I made what I said. Okay. George Clooney. No, what What was really funny to me is I forgot. Unless I'm misremembering, they cut to the kid in Metropolis as if like, oh, we're gonna see how this plays out now, and then it never cuts back. <laughs> never cuts back. That kid died. That kid died. Is all we know. Uh, so. So that was very funny. That's another thing of like this movie just being so stupid that it doesn't yeah. see the glaring yeah. threads that it's just leaving. Anyway. Yeah. Also, the other thing I forgot, we never find out who actually killed his mom. Yes. Do we? Yes. Never <laughs> no, we don't. I, was, I, I was love this. So what, you need to explain this because what happened? She was just in her kitchen and got stabbed and no one was there. Like, yes. we need to know, because I, I watched the Flash show, right? And in the show, it was, like, the reverse Flash who had killed her. Mm -hmm. Like, that was, and it's, like, that makes sense. Like, that ties into, not that that's the greatest show ever, but that plot makes sense. Like, what what is the explanation to this movie? That's too so, okay. significant to not mention. I'm going to take over the role of Barry Allen, and I'm going to walk you through the case, okay? So okay. they're making pasta, because that is the only meal that exists in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> pasta, weird sandwiches, and burritos. Yeah. Um, so they're making pasta. They forgot a can of tomatoes. So yes. dad has to leave conveniently. Very convenient. He has to leave to get the tomatoes. Barry, at some point, stops helping his mother and goes upstairs. I don't know if he's working on the math problem. Maybe he is. He is he's working on seemingly an impossible theorem that has been given to a 10-year-old. Um, no, that's not where it is in fairness. No. It's just it's just like one of those questions you get in elementary school where it's like what makes 24 all, all, yeah. all the possible ways to do this and it's just yeah. the point you know you're just supposed to list a bunch of yeah okay sure um so he's upstairs now leaving an opportunity i suppose bad person just walking in the middle of like a suburban neighborhood this isn't like in a, like a quote-unquote sketchy area this is like a really like nice place someone is walking down the street enters a random home it's not like the door is open enters a random home and stabs mom in, in, the, stomach. in the stomach with a knife and then just like walks away yeah is out of there so quickly and like immediately after the immediately dad comes back. after yeah. the dad is home yeah. and the dad just yeah. didn't see anybody because yeah. what we hear is we hear mom scream and then dad is there saying Barry. So yeah. I think the movie is telling us that Barry's dad did kill the mom. That is the only thing I can get from this movie is that Barry's an idiot and that he just truly believes his dad did not. Like he's just been like manipulated into thinking this because the only evidence points to Barry's dad being the killer. That's all yeah. I can. That's really funny. I think, well, now remembering, there, there is a line, though, where they try to explain it, like, yeah, I guess someone had wandered in and got spooked or something. Isn't there a line got where they tried spooked? to... Spooked? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, maybe they said that. 
they don't, they don't, even, say, they don't say spooked, but they say there's a line like that where they're like, a guy walked in and didn't expect her to be there or something. I swear that happens in the movie. Yes, like a, yes, I, I think I remember it. They, they yeah. thought like they were robbing an empty house and then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, it's a robbery. It's an empty house if it's just a <laughs> random house in the suburbs. Like, they would, would, would they like sneak it out for one day and be like, oh no, there yeah. are people here. At like, and also at like dinner time, like at a regular time where people are typically at home, as far as I can tell. daylight. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I guess, I guess it was a bunch of horses because they were, they entered the home and they got spooked. And naturally, as horses do, <laughs> spooked horses are, are wild. So they snap. Yeah. It was PF. That movie was. But it's, saw it. it's PF, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but it's, it is genuinely crazy that. For a movie where they're trying to prove the dad's innocence, they just do not have a counter theory. I guess, I guess you could say like, okay, like to give it maybe some credit, it's like one, if you are trying to go from Barry's perspective of like just truly not knowing what happened, sure, don't tell us actually what happened because how would you know? But also, this is a man with time traveling powers and also the explanation you are supposing happened does not make sense so there's kind of like it doesn't work anyways it's also like you don't even have to reveal who it is just have like a line at the end where it's like we still need to find out who it is like what could have happened to her because then that implies like oh okay we'll just explore that later but they just don't they just like the dad's good and it's like all right cool Cool, the case is done. Closed. We're done. We're out of here. Also, like, I don't think I don't think that evidence is as exonerating as they think it is because again, he was at the store, comes back and kills his wife there. That's what we saw. She is also, stabbed, and he is home immediately after. I was also he thinking, like, it. you're. I was also like, maybe this is. Maybe I'm wrong here, but like. So they would know exactly what clothes he was wearing on that day, and they would know what hat he has, because he presumably would have it the moment he came home and would not change before the police got there. How is the video evidence in the store not evidence already? Like, how is it already? Like, it's like the same guy. I'm sure there were witnesses. No one saw him at the store. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just... Like, like unless... I, I usually don't nitpick this hard, but when a movie is, like, if a movie <laughs> was good and, like, if there were good thematic reasons for why things happened, then I might forgive a little bit. But because this movie is so empty and vapid and just, like, just pointless, like, I have to overthink these things. Like, li- like it's basically just suggesting that it had to be Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, but they also make no effort to imply that that could be the case. <laughs> Because I don't like honestly, I don't know why he is such an integral part of the original story, and I can understand how in this movie adding that would be overwhelming. And I think yeah. not doing that is probably for the best. But also, yeah. they know that this universe is like like the universe, like Ben, <laughs> like Michael Keaton's Batman universe. This DCEU universe is fated to die, so they don't even. <laughs> anymore they're gonna set up a a future yeah. movie in a post-credit scene and tease the reverse flash that never comes so they're yeah. just like ah forget about it don't worry about it 
Well, I was going to say within that, like, one of my criticisms of this movie is, like, why is this what the plot is? Like, I don't, I truly don't understand. Like, the Zod Man of Steel stuff could be anything. It could be any threat. Mm -hmm. It does not matter that it's him. So why not make it something, like, tighter? Why not make, like, is is Evil Berry supposed to be, like, Savitar or or whatever? Like, because I remember that. Because Savitar in the show was also Barry, so yeah, yes, essentially. Was, yeah. Right, and so, okay, like, why not just make him the villain and just, like, make it a different threat? Because basically all you – well, okay, I guess you have to find Supergirl, but I don't know. Just he wants to find Supergirl. I'll come up with a different reason. I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand. It's such a weird – this plot takes weird detours that if you just had a constant threat that was a real character instead of just Michael Shannon clearly not caring about this and valid, <laughs> don't get me wrong, and just, like, a – just a looming threat that could be anything, then, like, why? You are absolutely correct. They did not need to do Man of Steel. I think yeah. their idea was, we have a time travel movie, and, oh, my God, what if there were two Barry Allens, I guess? Because the other thing is, like, in Flashpoint, he does it and then just goes back to the present. They decided to make it a flashback joke movie yeah. where we yeah. are not in the present day. A Back to the Future movie, so this was this was a choice, uh, and in doing that, I can understand how they were tempted to be like, oh well, while we're back here, let's revisit. So essentially, they did an end game. They wanted to have their end game right. moment, but weird. just like everything else in the DCEU, they did not set up these moments. It's actually funny to realize that the distance between um, Man of Steel and the Flash, I think, is almost exactly the same as the distance between Iron Man and Endgame. And yet, for some reason, we're, we're like, yeah, that was enough. That was enough. Like, the time isn't the problem. It's the amount of projects, I suppose, and yeah. how those projects weave across each other and how they're actually more or less building a coherent, constant story that is heading to an, an inevitable end point, an endgame, if you will. Yeah. Whereas this movie is just another chain in a long confusing mess of chains like one of the like that famous knot that is it's like unsolvable spaghetti. it's a spaghetti <laughs> of chains and knots uh so like that is that is the reason why um yeah. the super Sorry, we, thing can we actually take oh no i don't want to cut your point i was gonna say can we take a break just because two things i think I, I fucked up here because my my it's gonna it's fine but like I don't have headphones in and I realize my audacity recording is getting your audio too, because I don't okay. have headphones in. So I needed okay. headphones and I also need to go to the bathroom. Okay. I'll finish my point and then, yeah, we'll do okay. it. And I'll get some more. Sorry, sorry to cut um, you off. I thought you were done. That's okay. Um, and the thing about, uh, the thing about Kara too, is that the super Superman is in the original flashpoint. All of, all of the justice league are, but the thing that they're trying to prevent, obviously Man of Steel does not happen in the comics, is just a new thing that they created. It's yeah. in this parallel weird world, the Amazons are fighting the Atlanteans. So they just construct this thing that they have to stop, a, a world-ending event that means this universe in that comic as well is just doomed, fated to die, so we should just reset everything. So... They kind of like combine that and end game and found this solution, but it's messy. And I yeah. think it really doesn't work because like Peter can talk about shortly, 
no one gives a shit about Man of Steel except <laughs> Snyder heads. And so it's referencing a movie most people have no love for. And so yeah. it, and and also do not remember. So it's just like a lot of recapping. It also does yeah, oh my god, there's so much of this movie that is just like sorry, yeah. So there's so much of this movie where they're just explaining Man of Steel and it's like I have seen this movie for one thing and I also don't give a fuck enough for you. Like I get there's a threat, like whatever. It also doesn't closely follow Man of Steel enough for anything to... Like, it's in this mm. wasteland desert instead of being Metropolis. Like, it's just... It doesn't It doesn't even feel like Man of Steel. It's just, like, we have these action figures from Man of Steel. I don't even like that movie, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter, why don't you tell us about um, your experience watching Man of Steel for the first time? <laughs> Man of Steel? Okay. So... I mean, I've, like, you know, like, uh, I've never been, like, a Snyder fan. Like, I don't mind his movies. I don't think I've seen that many of his films, actually. I think I saw... I did, I've never seen Watchmen. Um, is it really just the Justice League and... Uh, 300 as well. 300. 300 I've not seen as well. Sucker Punch. Did, see, uh, Guardians of Gahul. Oh, we did do that. You did that, yeah. yeah. Well, I, actually, um, okay, this is really sad. So I've seen Batman v Superman, uh, no, Justice really. League, and Army of Dead. Army oh, of the Dead, that's correct. Yeah. But anyways, like, I just thought, like, I think one thing Snyder really excels at is, like, creating the aesthetic and visuals of, like, this. Because, like, even though there's comic books uh, on these uh, characters... It's still very much up to the director and also the, the visual team's interpretation on how they want to craft their worlds. And I think like both I've seen from his uh, behind-the-scenes look at Rebel Moon uh, and uh, his work on DC. Like His sense of visual style is very, very strong. But the movie itself is just not strong at all. Like um, There are a lot of random zoom-ins during the movie. I don't want to take too much time. That, well, we're that, talking about no. Flash, but... That, that was back in the era of when action movies were doing that all the time. The Star oh, yeah? Trek movies used to do that, too. Like, the, the things where it would be... It would be, like, someone flying through the air, and then it would, like, suddenly and then just, zoom in. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. okay, that, that really annoyed that, me. That was, and like, then, common back then. And then also, uh, like, the movie's plot is, like, really shit. <laughs> and, and, like, and like um, the, the other thing is, like, they're just casually fighting, like, big big cities and crashing buildings which i get it was really cool to see visually but then you just think it's like yo like aren't these is he supposed to protect these people <laughs> and then you just see it's like okay Zaw's coming okay better send him through a building and the building <laughs> just started crashing down <laughs> but anyways I, I i i thought like the visual style was top tier like 10 out of 10 9 out of 10 like that good but the movie itself, unfortunately, like the plot, the acting, and also the um, the um, the general depiction of the Superman character, I wasn't really into. Like, I'm I'm all for like going for a darker take on superheroes. I think that's really cool. Um, but like, like when it's not set up, when there's no proper background, like you're just not invested in the characters. Like it just feels like, edgy I, I, for Eddie exactly. Story. Like I don't care where you take the character, as long as the journey makes sense and I'm emotionally invested in it. Like I, of course I would care, but like in this case, it's like you take character into an interesting spot, but you have no proper setup for it. So it's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a great movie. Yeah, which is why it's so funny that The Flash is insisted on yeah. referencing it and making it popular again. And I, yeah. I would say, I would say mm-hmm. this about The Flash, though. Um, because I watched, um, so for context, I watched The Flash last night and then back to back I watched Man of Steel. Um, like, it, the way they inserted Man of Steel plot or, like, story into The Flash was, like, accurate. Because, like, it was supposed to be um, the, the Americans bringing Superman to Zod at, like, the, the desert wasteland. And then because the Americans did not have Superman, Zod killed their general and then, I guess, just started off the chain of events in The Flash. So, like, I thought that was fine. Like, that's... Sure. Like, I mean, of course, not the most interesting location for you to do battle. But, like, again, like, all of these are just background for The Flash to realize that, you know, he can't really change everything, which is okay. Yeah. There is a problem in that. Like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. Zod is still requesting that they bring him Superman, correct? In this movie, right? In The Flash. Um, yes. In, yeah. in, well, in, in Man of Steel, yeah. In Man of Steel. In Man he's of Steel, saying, they... He's saying, bring me Superman. Yeah, he but said, he bring Kyle. killed Superman. Does he... I, think, I don't think, I think he... He, he doesn't no, say Kara. No, no I, I think he just says, bring bring me the Kryptonian. The, the, the Kryptonian. Oh, in, Kryptonian. In The Flash, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, okay. Because, okay. um... Yeah. Because, well, like, I guess, like, sorry, so much Man of Steel. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, there were, like, two uh, baby pods that got sent out of Krypton. No, I know, and then I know that, yeah. And then, like, the, the Codex is in one of these pods, and he intercepted car uh, L, which is Superman's pod, and then didn't find the, uh, the Codex, so it has to be in the other pod, basically, which is Kara, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I will say about Man of Steel is that watching The Flash made me miss Man of Steel. Really? Seriously. Just, I thought, just, well, genuinely? Just, I just, I will say, like, the way, like, the action and the sped up action is so bad in this movie. All of the hits, mm-hmm. like, they don't feel like real hits. And the compliment that I will give Man of Steel is that, when they're like flying and punching each other, oh, it, it feels, feels very visceral. It yeah. feels like very fast, strong guys punching each other, and I'm like, okay, you got me there. Like I, legitimately, I think the Smallville fight in that movie is very cool. It's kind of dumb for a number of reasons, but I think it's actually fun to watch and pretty well shot. And like I, I missed that watching this. Yeah, and the the big thing about Man of Steel is, of course, the Metropolis fight, which people, it's one of those like. Uh, it's a cinema sins way of looking at movies to watch Man of Steel and say, "Oh, but the suit like why is there so much collateral damage? Why are there <laughs> like like so many people are dying in this fight in the Metropolis fight?" Yeah, that's the point is that Zod is like a deranged killing machine and the opposite of what Superman is. Well, he's causing like well just let, let I know, sure, but like yeah. like the idea of that works in a sense again I'm, sure. i don't really want to defend that movie because i don't like it but yeah it's the issue is that because people were so critical of that fight that's why we have this final act of the flash is because superhero movies specifically have become afraid of collateral damage of the idea that civilians could die in their movies so now the fight in this movie is in an open plane and the stakes are non-existent it's just like I don't care what the fuck happens because it's like like no one could possibly get hurt who isn't a soldier fighting. We just move the battlefield to an open plane 
and it just like it truly just does not work. Also, like there's the kid thing in this movie, which makes it even the stranger choice. But <laughs> that's so also funny. like like movies like apparently in Fast and Furious also have been affected by this. In the mm-hmm. latest one, there's like a, a scene where like a bomb is rolling in Rome or something, and it like it causes a bunch of damage. And there's a news report after that sequence that says. Thankfully, no one would hurt. <laughs> no one died. It's like, why awesome. are we so afraid of the of like people dying? Like, that's what heroism is—is is like trying and failing, and that's part of the failure of this movie. And it's it's very frustrating. I'll just quickly comment on Man of Steel, and then I'll talk about the battle scene in the Flash. Um, like, I just thought it's really strange in Man of Steel because like. Sometimes it's Zod sort of crashing Superman into buildings, but there are other times where it's Superman crashing Zod into buildings. Especially right. when relating it back to the final, like the final conclusion, the climax of the battle, where they were sort of grappling each other at the metro station, and and like Zod is trying to laser a bunch of guys, just like a family, you know. And Superman's like trying, oh, "Don't make me do this! Don't make me do this!" While he literally crashes Zod into buildings. But anyways, enough about Man of Steel. What I would say about the plane sequence, though, I think it's more so... I don't really... Like, I don't think the stake in that sequence is more about the collateral damage. I think that's... The stake in that sequence is about sort of Flash learning a lesson on he can't really use his superpowers to fix everything, which I thought was pretty well done. Like, because, like, initially, I thought it's literally going to be first act, him, you know, changing something, second act, him in the new world trying to find Batman and Supergirl and then third act them winning against Zod. I think him losing in that instance is actually like a really fun way of like resolving that issue. And like the whole stake in the scene is not about collateral damage. It's more about Flash's internal battle of sort of letting go in the sense of you not using his superpower to fix everything. I thought it was good. Okay. I have two things. First, I just want to say that, in some ways, the criticism against collateral damage can be silly, but it's also very valid because the criticism is the heroes should not actively be causing it. And exactly. the, what, yeah, like, like the the problem is that like at a certain point, heroes stopped saving people. Superhero movies stopped having scenes in which the superhero just says like, "Oh, I just need to save these people," and they're like leaving a fight to try to save someone. That's what the solution is: is to make do the exact same Man of Steel fight, just as destructive, but Superman is trying his hardest to save people. And that just raises the stakes. And that's exactly. what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Like That's the, uh, like the difference between Superman and Zod as well. Zod doesn't give a fuck, but Superman cares about the people and would sometimes choose the people over, you know, fighting his enemy. And that's why Man of Steel is dumb. However, this Flash fight is infinitely worse. And here, <laughs> I, th- I think that the things you're saying would just be improved upon if it was in a metropolitan area like the idea that flash needs to learn the lesson that he can't solve every problem and he just has to let go and like if he saw like civilians like dying and i don't it doesn't need to be graphic but it's like they're running away from something and it's looking dire right and he just saw that and he was like oh i can't do anything about this i also have a point about that but that's later um like that just you just learn the lesson harder it's just a bit it's that just driven true. home more i agree yeah, yeah, not to pile on too much, but yeah, you're conflating message and stakes. Stakes are used to only further prove the message. So in order for a battle to feel more intense and like, 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 and this isn't necessary, but one really good thing for a battle to like make it feel more impactful 
is showing the impacts it has on other people, right? The soldiers, you kind of go like, oh, oh well, you know, like they're, they're fighting for, they're trying to be heroes. The heroes are trying to be heroes. Heroes probably aren't going to die, I guess not in this movie, but, you know, like, like it's different when you're seeing the destruction they're causing. And it is, yeah, it's, it's superhero movies don't feature a lot of saving people. That point Aiden yeah. made is really good. There are actually very few superhero movies I can think of right now where heroes go out of their way to save people. They're just truly fighting the bad guys 90% and of the And they time. used to. In, like, the Raimi Spider-Man movies, there's, that happens yes. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, think of, think of Avengers, uh, yeah. Avengers Civil War, Captain America Civil War. They put the battle in an airport. Why? Because it's an empty battlefield where the heroes can duke it out with no consequences. Would that battle not have been more impactful, proven the message more, the message being the superheroes need to stop their petty differences and look at the destruction they're causing if the destruction they were causing had impacts on civilians, if civilians yeah. were at the airport. True. But instead it's an empty airport, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's like, that's the, the thing. Um, yeah. Also, it just looks like an open sandbox, like... Like they just truly like created like it, hit generate world and we're like yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it it looks like no it looks like a fucking PS3 game like it looks so bad and yeah. it's also like one compliment I had of the movie is the very first time or it's one of the very first times that Barry runs fast in the movie there's a shot where it goes down to his foot and we see it's not a dolly zoom but it looks it's like mimicking a dolly zoom it's a little like bit a stretch. Where, like, yeah yeah it's like a stretch and the world like becomes wider and like. That's an interesting visual idea that he's running so fast that the world actually just feels bigger and that the contortion of time contorts space as well. That's interesting. But then the entire movie is shot on these bizarre wide angle shots, regardless of whether or not he's actually running fast. Like, just when they're just like normally standing there in this final scene, it's this really weird hovering wide angle camera. And it's like, that doesn't, like, I, if this, if that visual motif means this, then it should mean that. It shouldn't just be something that you use whatever. Yeah, the, the way the flashes, the powers are depicted. I mean, I think superhero movies have been having a problem with speedsters generally, post-Quicksilver, who I think might have been the first one. But Quicksilver did the slow motion thing. That was a really nice scene. Mm-hmm. The issue is that everyone tried to do it, and it was like, can we see something different? Mm, and I, yeah. I, I think The Flash does try to do uh, some different things. It does a slow motion scene. I did like that one, the you, one you mentioned. It also tries a bit where the scenery is moving quite fast, and he's moving fast, so kind of the combination that uh, Makari was doing in Eternals. Um, mm. that, one was, that one was fine. I think the CGI really showed itself there. But um, I don't know. I never felt like the Flash's powers, he didn't feel particularly fast. And I think that's no. kind of like the issue with going for the slow motion thing. And it, and it just kind of makes his powers less clear. Like, I thought you were supposed to be fast. Why are you just going slow? You know? Well, what I like about the, and maybe this is a remedy or an improved version, is what I like about the Days of Future Past, X-Men, Quicksilver, uh, Prison, like Pentagon um, scene, Mm -hmm. is I like that we see him do all of this in slow motion, 
And so we get the sense that he's doing it really fast, and then we see the consequences of it all in rapid, fast cuts, where it's suddenly yeah. in real time again. And that's really nice. Because then we go into his perspective and then flash back out to uh, like the everyone else in the room's perspective of how that actually occurred, which is just like, boom, 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 all these things happen, and suddenly everyone's knocked out. And that's fun. But like this yeah. movie is just like... The transition out of speed, I think, is actually really important. And in this one, it's just like, we're done. <laughs> we're out of there. We're not, we're not fast anymore. And I think, like, mm -hmm. that difference of perspective would be interesting. Yeah. I'd say generally Barry's powers in this movie are also just very confusing. And, like, they keep... I like how they keep establishing rules and then not following up on them. Or just, like, like it only mm. applies in this one scene to build stakes because... To use it again later would be too complicated, or it just like would break it. It would break the yeah. movie if we remembered the rules that we've established. Some of them include that he needs to fuel up. This is only important in the first ten minutes of the movie, and you think you think it might be important later on. It is not. And also, not only is it important in the first ten minutes, they bring it up when Young Barry gets his powers. So for when you've done something twice. You have to do it the third time. You have to bring yeah. it up again to prove that it's important, but it's not. Um, well, if you introduce a gun in the first act, then it should just kind of be there in the third. It's it's Chekhov's it should... uh, PBRC whatever <laughs> sandwich. Yeah. Um, he also mentions rules about friction. Um, oh, yeah. Rules about what can and cannot be moved, which they do break in the movie, but I don't think they, it broke in the... Like they said... Sorry. They said that you can't move certain things because of friction. He moves Barry, and the issue is not friction. It's yeah, that it makes him violently yeah, ill. Yeah. yeah. Which is it? I don't know. Um, the facing through floors. If he if he starts phasing, why does it sometimes work through floors and other times he is not sinking through floors? If he's just phasing through well, walls. I so, like, like you know like that's those, not an issue. To me, that, sure that, 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 to me that one was, like, the wall, like, the way, and this is my understanding from the show, is that, like, he's looking at the thing he wants to go through, and he's like, I'm vibrating at this particular frequency, and I'm doing, mm. I'm focusing on this instead of the thing that's below me. Sure. I, I honestly but, think a, a lot of these problems would be if you did not set them up as... I agree, absolutely agree. Take out the rules, yeah. and you have no problems. You just yeah. say, it happens... It's the yeah. over-scientification, that's a great word, of the movie that is actually the problem. Yeah. Trying to solve all the answers for a movie that just will not have them because it is not, it's not science fiction, it's not based on science, it's fantasy. Why even bother? And ironically, it's trying to, s not every problem has a solution. Has a solution! <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But honestly, I would say though, like I think these things are fun in like very isolated context like if like outside if they exist by itself it's like oh have you thought about like the immense cost of you know running this fast and actually like you know uh, when it comes to energy and stuff like that but like when you introduce them in like a movie which is a continuous sort of like a it's continuously evolving story it like the fact that you have to reference it back just becomes tiring especially like, I mean, it's probably the reason why they don't reference back during big battle sequences. It's like, oh, they probably just have full energy the whole time. They, at, they had a lot of food beforehand or something. And, like, 
that just like creates a lot of inconsistency for no reason. Like I think the other one is uh, probably about the clothes, because like uh, when Yumberry first got his powers, he was running around and then all his clothes caught on fire. But then afterwards, the thing he was wearing like normal street clothes as well and was running around and nothing happened. So just uh, yeah. a lot of unnecessary inconsistencies. Yeah. Because yeah. sure. the issue is when you establish the rules and boy, do they want to establish some more rules than was necessary in a Flash movie because yeah. not only do we have to explain the Flash's powers, we also have to explain my favorite thing. The rules. Time, time travel. travel. Oh. We have to explain <laughs> the rules. Uh and they go a, a quite a different route uh, from some other recent time travel movies and classic time travel movies as well. Mm. Many like the branching idea, and they in fact mention this idea, the, the end game concept where you go back in time and any changes you make results in a diverging timeline. Uh, you're not changing the present you have come from. Uh, mm. Other ones say it's a continuous loop, a paradox, etc. They choose something different. They call it a fulcrum in which... When you go back to the past, it causes ripples in both directions that changes things in both directions. Mm-hmm. Man, is that stupid. Maybe maybe it makes I sense. Actually, like... No, I actually kind of like that. I, I yeah, actually I really like it, it too. I, yeah, right. I, I, I thought that was a fun idea, actually. Because I, I was thinking in the movie, I was like, I literally, I I was like, but how has how this changed? He's not, he's not before then. Like, this is before well, his time. Too, yeah. I was confused. And then... No, I actually think that's an interesting idea. That like it just it just skews because they're playing with, they don't play with this idea in a well enough way. But the idea of like time isn't linear; we just perceive it that way, and so like any changes are like just sending ripples all the way. I actually do think that's very interesting. Um, and I will say as well, another compliment I have the chronodrome thing. I like that within that it's just like a circle. Like it's not like a line he's running through and he goes to the Mm. past. I like that. It's like, because they're taking on this approach that time isn't linear. I like the visual representation of Mm. it's just this like circle. That's kind of like fluctuating around him. And I think that that's kind of interesting. Absolutely. Uh, Peter, I think you had a point. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, It's, I don't know if you, the issue I have is that, like, if you look at it from, like, string theory or quantum mechanics, like, yeah, that, that someone could convince me that this is true. But in a Flash movie, I, I struggle to be like, how does he go back time and then thing before change? I don't mm. know. Maybe. I, I think my, my bigger issue with the time travel rules is that it is inconsistent whether or not if he time travels is there a second one of him or is he his old self? Yeah. So the movie presupposes that if he goes back in time, there should be another Barry. This makes sense to me. And he does that at one, like a couple of times. He, there is another Barry there. Biggest example is younger Barry, who was there most of the movie. But then when they start doing the Kryptonian battle in the open field... Yeah. They go back in time constantly, and they are the only flashes on the battlefield. What you should have suggested, like, like if you're following the same rules, there would have been millions <laughs> of flashes on that battlefield, which would have looked yeah. insane. But like that is, those are the rules you made up. Yeah. You made your bed, lay in it. Like, pick one. Which is it? I thought it was fine though, because it's supposed to, the battlefield is supposed to be like one of those fulcrums, right? 
So like that's where uh, all the timelines experience the same event. I don't know. But yeah, that's matter. that's a, that's a vague explanation. That, yeah, like, I don't matter. think that explains it. The, the fulcrum I, thing was very hand wavy, where it's just like it's a fulcrum. So it's, yeah. th- sometimes, okay. My my point though, my complaint though, and this, maybe this is a. Do you have another thing to say about this? Because mine is a little different than. I was gonna say, they're like this universe is doomed. We can't save it. Yeah, let's talk about why? that. Why? Why? There's no possibility in which they could save this. What do you mean? Like, because let's follow the logic here. Even if the Kryptonians win, the universe doesn't end. They just rule Earth. So what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? The universe is going to dissolve. No, it isn't. Like, I just oh, don't... I just... Like, mm-hmm. even, if, even if they lose in every timeline, which I don't buy, like, why do they... I just don't buy that with what is set up. Yeah. I don't buy that they could not have won. And maybe it's just like, I think that's the setup of the situation. I think that, um, like, it's what they showed us, like, the attempts. Like, Batman guns the ship, and then he doesn't, and neither of those things worked, so he's fucked. It's like, do anything do else. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, so that's my problem with the, the time of that scene as well. So I'll answer your question in the, the sense of the movie, and then I'll actually critique the movie. So in the sense of the movie, I think they offer up an explanation. I think their explanation is that because it is a fulcrum point and they keep playing with it, it's like the pasta that's breaking or whatever. No, that's not really what he did. But anyways, it's they're breaking the space-time continuum by going back and back and back and back. So it's not necessarily that Zod would destroy the universe. It's that their meddling would destroy the universe. So when the worlds okay. start crashing into each other, that would have destroyed everything. Uh, okay. I think that's what they meant. Okay, but, that makes sense. But I do agree with you that um, the, the, the take that... What they decide to do, essentially, is the, the story goes that Barry goes back in time to save his mother, and he can't do that because the past is written and it's fixed. But I think the issue is that like that is the most obvious takeaway from the story is that you can't change the past because yeah. humans can't change the past so that's the lesson he inevitably must learn but i also think that you can take that story and give it a different theme a different meaning and they sure. decide that the, the meaning they take away is a very pessimistic like fate is written some things are just gonna be like destroyed you can't change anything. You don't have free will. That's the message it seems to be giving me. Compare that to the movie that came out almost at the same time, Spider-Verse, which said, fate <laughs> is not written, and you should just, like, always... People will continue te- continually tell you what you should be and how things are supposed to go, and you should block that out and just follow your heart and... Maybe fate isn't as written as you think it is. Anything nah. is achievable. I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> and exactly. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. And while they're like they're both kind of like like yes, both agree that you can't change the past, but they're taking that and coming up with two different conclusions. And the yeah. conclusion the flash has is sucky and bad. And I think yes. that there are I, I and we'll talk about what we would have done instead later. I I, I kinda wanna save it, but um, I think there are several routes the Flash could have gone that were more hopeful, that gave actual positive heroic messaging, that still the underlying premise is, yeah, but you can't you can't change the past, sure, but it's 
it's changing how you look at the future and how you go forward, what actions you can and cannot take. And the flash goes with like, like a truly depressing version of that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually no, I, just I, on that, um, if you don't mind me going to a different topic, that's sort of related. Um, I want to talk about his relationship with Batman. That's like one, I think one of their big fumbles of this movie. I think it's, it, I, when I saw the first trailer for the flash and I saw him getting paired over with Keaton's Batman, it's about, uh, a story of him going back to the past, trying to save his parents. I thought it's like, it's, I don't know if it's, maybe it's done in the comics or something, but I thought it was a very creative pairing. Like they both have very traumatic, uh, they both have a very traumatic past where they a family and both of them, I guess like one way or another wish like their parents are still here with them. And I think it's just really interesting that uh, Batman could offer some perspective to the flash on like why maybe it's not the best idea to change the past and actually save their parents and what, how you can, you know, use that as sort of motivation or like something to help to shape your present and like view it as like part of your journey instead of like a defining moment. Um, and like the fact that the Batman in this movie was just straight up used for, you know, like nostalgic purposes, which is such a big miss in my opinion. Like there is so much they can talk about. Cause like out of all the people I can think of in like comics, uh, or like just like movies in general, like Batman and Flash could actually have meaningful conversation on this topic because they actually had this sort of shared experience in their past. But instead, they just went down the, the cheapest route possible when it comes to that. Yeah, I also, I think that kind of similar to what Alex was saying, I actually, I really hated the way like it, the way this movie talks about trauma is so like, mm-hmm. is so dumb. And like they say, they say the statement like, oh, you don't want, you can't let your trauma define you. Like, that's not what it is. But it's like, that's not what the conclusion of the movie is. The conclusion is like, it absolutely does define you. And like that, like, because the only reason the berries are so different is because one of them's mom got killed and the other one didn't. And so like, because of that, he's just a completely different person. And it, it takes over his whole personality to the point where they're not like the same guy when they're together like they're not even the same guy like at all so it's like yeah that did define you it completely defined you and i I think that's such a dumb conclusion there i had another point there's another thing towards the end that made me feel that way as well i don't remember what it was but i think that that's that's such a silly way to look at like a person's behavior in general is all because of this one thing that happened to them or there are like a few specific moments and that is who they are Canon events. <laughs> yeah. mm. And I think, I think Batman, the reason why they're paired up is like one, that's what was set up in justice league. Like justice league kind of became, or uh, Batman became the iron man to Flash's Spider-Man essentially. Mm-hmm. Like they're just doing, like you said, it's the same pairing as homecoming. Uh, but, and, and in addition to that, the flashpoint comic storyline, uh, a much better version of this happens in that Batman uh, is not Bruce Wayne; it is his father, Thomas Wayne. Oh, yeah. In that in that version, Bruce Wayne was shot down in the alley, causing Thomas Wayne to become the Batman. And add a detail that I I imagine the Flash should never have 
tried to attempt to show this, but his, uh, Martha Wayne, Bruce's mother, becomes the Joker. So good that they, we didn't see that, but it's so stupid. But um, to have seen Thomas Wayne would have been like significantly better, I think. And you could also have said that Michael Keaton was Thomas Wayne. Yeah, that'll be fine. But like to explore a new avenue instead of the like the rote, repeated, constant, repeated Batman origin story of oh yeah, my parents died. To see a different version of that, to for Jeffrey Dean Morgan to come back, he was he was Thomas Wayne in a flashback in Batman vs Superman, I believe. Yeah. To see him come back as Thomas Wayne and be Batman. Or Michael Keaton, as I said, I think would be so much better. There's a new layer to this now, where as an as a father figure, Barry doesn't have a father figure, and he's lost a son. Barry's lost a mother. There's something there. I also just think that Michael Keaton, at 70 years old, still like talking about like he's 70. He's not 70, right? He's 70. He is 70. He's like, still, but let's but, like, get nuts. S- but like still talking about <laughs> how his parents died when he was 10. Like I get how that kind of thing like like it stays with you, but also like I don't think the seventy year old Batman no. is the best person to choose. I think either like if if we're playing with time travel already, go with like a really young Batman who has not learned this lesson yet, or choose the dad Batman who's like really dark because Tom, um, Thomas Wayne's Batman is like like a killer. Like he doesn't he do, he doesn't follow the Batman mantra of don't kill. Um, so yeah, Ben Affleck, to... basically. <laughs> ben Affleck. No, no, no continue to move on. But Zack Snyder had a whole thing about Batman should kill, not killing his silly, but whatever. Move on. Oh, move on. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I thought the the Keaton stuff was just lazy, yeah. nostalgia bait. Um, I yeah. absolutely agree. And like, if we compare, sorry, Aiden. Um, no, you... like if we compare good multiverse movies with bad ones, it's like, like if I think of good multiverse movies, I think of like. Across the Spider Verse, into the Spider Verse, everything, everywhere, stuff like that. They actually use the concept of multiverse as like a creative avenue instead of like an avenue for cameos, nostalgia, and things like that. Yeah. It's like there are certain possibilities that we can really explore in the prime of the main timeline that we can use a multiverse to explore and to actually get really creative pairings of characters or like moments where characters don't usually interact and put them in the same room together. And I think that's exactly what you're referring to when, uh, you know, either we see like a much younger Batman or a really dark um, Jeffrey D. Morgan, Thomas Wayne Batman. Like we don't usually see these in like the prime timeline, in the main movies. But because it's a multiverse movie, we get to explore these things. I think like, you know, like these things really get me excited. And it's a real shame that studios think it's the other way around. It's like, oh, people want to see old characters come back. But (laughs) no. Yeah, I think the multiverse means nothing in this movie. And I think yeah. that, like, the reason why it's strong in Spider-Verse movies is because, particularly in Across Spider-Verse, in, for example, that one's talking about narrative and fate in a pretty clever way, and that one's really mm-hmm. interesting. Everything Everywhere is talking about, like, being overwhelmed and, like, the like the seemingly crushing weight of the universe and th- how that interacts with familial bonds. Like, that, it's talking about that. It means nothing here. I remember I had seen that clip on Twitter uh, so many times of like uh, Christopher Reeve Superman and uh, the Nicolas Cage Superman like whatever and all that shit like coming through 
And I God, those were awful scenes. It's by the way. <laughs> it's so it's crazy that there's no reason for it in the movie. It just happens. Like it's just like there's destruction, and it's like okay, we're gonna take a break and look at these guys for a second. Yeah, and that's all it is. Exactly. Like there's no reason for it to happen in the movie, and they're not doing anything. They're just like looking with dead CGI zombie expressions. Of Even like, Nicolas Cage, who is still yes, alive and who yes. filmed for this. How does he yeah. look so fake? Oh, he filmed for this? Yeah. The fuck? That's crazy. And, and, like, like, just, like, what are they doing? What, like, what are they... Like, they're not reacting to this? They're not... Yeah, it's so dumb. Also, also, what would even be the point of implying that this is a thing? Yeah. You're gonna continue to bring back the dead people? You're gonna yeah. make a solo film for the dead people? Why? The past what? isn't written. It's also like, contradictory. The past isn't written. They're still here. Like these yeah, people like, that it, these people oh in real God. life that died, you just brought back as CGI zombies, like in a very unethical way. I'll say, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like this is fucked up, and it runs contrary to the point of like appreciate people die like people die and appreciate them and you know like human life is precious or whatever which i think is what it's trying to get at but like oh my god it's no it was not trying to get at that i think (laughs) no i think the whole movie is trying to get at that a little bit yeah yeah and also like to make matters worse the one in black and white i think it's george reeves he killed himself because of superman because he was typecast yes Peter, he was typecast as Superman and couldn't get any acting roles, and he killed himself. And they put him in Superman in this movie to haunt him, to haunt us forever. It is grim. It is grim yeah. stuff. Um, to bring it back to to Batman just a little bit, though. Um, oh fuck, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so multiverses. If you're gonna do multiverse, it's the same as Doctor Strange too. It's like if you're gonna do multiverses, make make the most of that situation. Don't yeah. just go to a world that's basically the same. Why would you bring back Michael Keaton as Batman and not go to the Burton Batman universe? <laughs> the most iconic visual yeah. Batman universe that has ever like no Batman universe Gotham has ever looked more distinct than Burton's. And we're just yeah. straight up not gonna do that. That's crazy. Dude, wow. they ran a CGI budget, man. What can I say? <laughs> That's the issue is they would have done it with CGI anyways versus yeah. Burton who made practical sets. Like, I'm going to go insane. Um, also, Batman-related stuff, they switch Batman for a third time at the end. Yeah. It's now That was silly. Clooney, that was which I, is just I, like, I knew that was coming. Doing? I know. I, I knew, too. I knew that was coming because I was like, it can't be Val Kilmer. Like, that... Because I'm pretty sure he, oh, and I, he either passed or sick. But, like, I no, like, I knew. I was like, so it can't be Val Kilmer. So I guess it's not going to be Christian Bale. Like, he is not going to be there. So I guess it... And it's not going to be Pattinson. <laughs> so so I was like, I guess it has to be Clooney. <laughs> and it's yeah, also so, great that yeah. Batman is the only character who is continually switching <laughs> cast members. Nobody yeah. else is affected by this apparent phenomenon. Yeah. Only... <laughs> Oh, and I wonder, that. like, but, what what like, what do they want to do with it? Like, exactly. Sure, what was, like, what's like, is he gonna show up again? I'm pretty sure, like, Ezra it's, Miller as Flash is done, right? Like, I, I don't think, think they're. Yeah, I think the idea was that in the scenario where they weren't rebooting, that he would be the Batman going forward. Okay. At some point, Keaton was supposed to be the linchpin, 
it was gonna be in the Batgirl movie, for example. But then, mm. like, if you're not gonna have a linchpin at all, why would you? Like, that seems like a last ditch effort yeah. to be like, oh, well, we're never gonna have an opportunity ever again. Let's just. How many in cameos can we George squeeze Clooney. into one movie? Yeah, literally. Like, I do it's not think it serves any narrative yeah. purpose either no, but in this guys, movie or for future movies. No, but guys, he's from the other thing. He's from exactly. the other movie. I don't know also, if you guys know that he's in the other thing. Also, and wait, this part wait, kills what, me. What other thing? Is, oh, shut up. From, uh, Are you serious? Not explain it. Don't explain it. So, so. Wait, Peter, you know that George Clooney was Batman, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, He's yeah, the yeah, Batman yeah. with, like, the nipples on his suit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even get to see it. Why would you even bring him back yeah. if you're not going to see the bat nipple suit? That's stupid. But anyways. <laughs> um, like, also... This movie establishes that The Flash has a relationship with Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. You would think that going back in time and seeing, I mean, again, a better version of this would have had him be Thomas Wayne and have Bruce Wayne be dead. But sure, let's say it's just a different Bruce Wayne he doesn't recognize. To come back to the present and see his old pal Bruce Wayne and be like, man, I missed you. It's a wonderful life. That would have yeah. been a character beat. That would have probably been a, an emotional character beat. I would have bought more than any others in this movie, <laughs> which it's, is it's, sad. It's, but like it's that also, would have actually worked. It's also another example of like they just don't pay off something they set up earlier. Where they have yeah. a line earlier where Ben Affleck's Batman is like, like Barry's like, well, we sh- we can like hang out, we can like get food, and, and Batman like very sincerely is like maybe another time, and then He's he never gone. is shown again <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> also I'm pretty sure like this is the last appearance of Ben Affleck right As yeah Batman. I think so he yeah but have he could have been in the same movie could, later yeah. on why yeah. did he have to be changed for a third time it's also so Barry has no knowingly changed the past at the end he knows that he like put the tomato cans on the top shelf which I, another there are problems with that why but, is that okay what, no, well, it's not because like George Clooney, whatever. Yeah. But also, he doesn't recognize that it's not his voice. If he had made this so change in the past, would he not immediately be on edge? Like, okay, is anything different? Did I fuck it up again? And would he not like? Would he not like hear the phone and be like, oh, the voice is different. Fuck, it's a different guy. Also, how was changing the video not his first instinct? Like, I don't understand how that wasn't the first thing he did. Oh, I have another point that I'm I'm jumping, but yeah, whatever. I'll I'll save that for a second. To make well, to answer that last question, change the video first with his mother still would die. If the idea is oh, fixing true, true, the true, main true, true, problem true. instead of like right, no, the, that's true, right, yeah. the evidence. Um, another Batman thing though is Michael Keaton in this movie, even if he's doing the nostalgia, why is he? The big Lebowski. Why is he being the dude at the beginning? He's like all disheveled. He's retired. Alfred's gone. Alfred's passed. But like, why? I think it's implied that like something happened, but I don't think they even set that up as a real. Yeah, they did not imply anything. Clearly, clearly what should have happened is something happened that he needs to work over. You know, kind of like The Flash and how that happened to him. How yeah. some bad, maybe Catwoman died, I don't know. But like like something, some bad traumatic sure. thing happened where he couldn't save people and he gave up. And it's The Flash 
who has to teach Batman the lesson, that's what makes the Flash learn the lesson for himself. Again, if it's yeah. Thomas Wayne, it's Bruce dying. If it's Batman, it's you know. Um, but like, no, it's he's just retired because he got old. And no, and, it, like, and Gotham is safe and, now. Okay. Yeah, they say in the yeah. movie like, yeah, no crab in Gotham. Yeah. No, just no crab. Wait, 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 guys, Gotham's, guys. Gotham's fine now. He killed the Joker. He killed everybody. That's I all thought. We know. Um, I thought the whole plot about like a young guy going back and then sort of like motivating like the old master stereotype that's mm-hmm. been done before, right? Like a lot. Because I swear yeah. to God, I've seen that recently. Every movie movies. nowadays that brings back old actor from old movie to do new movie is that they just do the yeah, same yeah, thing yeah. because old man has been disgruntled over the years and has lost faith. Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, oh, yes. Runner. Another example. Rocky, I think, is another example. Literally any legacy. Creed, Creed, Creed. Yes, I think this. I'm thinking yes, about Creed. Yes, Creed. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes, it is. But like, literally, they all do the same thing. <laughs> Some of them significantly better than others. Yeah. But like, it's this isn't new. Dude, this even Spider Verse is yeah. one too. No, in the first one. Yep. Jake Johnson, yep. Spider-Man. Yeah, At yeah. least that one isn't actor from old. That, that's that a new character. New character. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one is significantly better. The uh, idea, yeah, but the idea of like mentor who's lost his way and has to learn to be a mentor through mentoring learns to be himself again. Like that, that is like an archetypical kind of story. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I want to talk about, and this is a bit of a pivot, but this is near the beginning, and this is the way that the plot kicks off is very strange to me. So he goes to his house his old family home because his he's on the phone with his dad in prison and then he sees like the memory of younger him running away and he just starts running but the way this is presented to me it seems like he does this somewhat frequently like he goes and looks at his family house and he talks to his dad like fairly regularly right these are not unique things so what happened in this scene? Why is this day different that he starts speeding off so fast that he rips through time? Like, I can understand, like, if something particularly, uh, like, significant had happened that day where he's just like, oh, fuck this, I gotta get away from it, I, I can't handle this, whatever. But, like, these things seem like regular things. So why does that happen? And then also, there's... um. He so like his immediate reaction upon this is maybe I could fix the past, and then there's a but he doesn't do it immediately. There's a later scene. He's talking to Iris, who's like, well, maybe that's why you're a forensic uh, anthropologist or whatever the fuck he is because uh, anthropologist because maybe that's what Bones is. That's why I'm thinking that. But um, Uh. so maybe you could fix the past, and then he's like, fix the past. I didn't <laughs> think about that. So, yes, you did. That was your you first did impulse. <laughs> also, you did that in Justice League. You did yeah. fix the past already. We've established you can do this. Yeah. That's very yeah. stupid. I 100% agree. I do think that yeah. the, the just deciding to do Flashpoint comes purely, like, completely out of nowhere. It, yeah. it is truly just a regular Tuesday that he's like, oh, maybe I'll do a Flashpoint, whatever. Yeah, I'll go for a um, <laughs> I could yeah. I could jump on so many different things you talked about just because, like, flaw, flaw city over here. Um, let's talk about the mom and what is supposed to be, like, 
the emotional heart of the movie. So Barry lost his mom from mysterious ghost knife murderer. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is supposed to be like his beating heart. The, the I wish my mom wasn't dead. It like, there's a couple things I can pinpoint to, but like it truly just does not work at any point uh, for me. I think, I think part of it is just like the scenes feel so forced. The writing is not particularly good. Yeah. The acting is not particularly good from anybody in that scene. Yeah. Uh, and it just feels so awkward. Like, it does yeah. not feel like a family. It feels like actors doing a scene. Um, and then after her vague death and then vague revival, I just feel like she's not in this movie. And yeah. you'd think that if... If his he whole goes back in time like, to get his mom back and then spends no time, no time with, her. with her. Like, right? Like, you'd think that the whole concept would be now I get to spend all this free time with mom. And that's just not what happens. He just ignores her the whole time. I, I can't even think of a single time he goes back. I don't think he does. Because he he's caught up on this grand superhero adventure where he's training his annoying, more annoying, if, if that's even possible, younger self. Again, an issue that would have been resolved if he did not have to, like, repl- like if there wasn't two of them. If he yeah. went back and he was the only one, I don't know how that makes any sense, but, like, or just bonks younger self of the head. Or it's just, like, <laughs> if, a cabinet. If there wasn't two of them, or if the plot was more directly related to what they were doing instead of it being Man exactly. of Steel, like, then, yeah. then you can loop the mom in way more easily. And, yeah, so then the issue, like, when you bring her back later, I don't know who this woman is. She's been yeah. in one scene. I don't have the emotional connection to this character that Barry is supposed to have. So it, it just effectively does not work because this character, we have not spent time with this character. I don't know who this character is. I don't care. Um, yeah. Uh, trying to see if there's anything else. And I, I, the other thing is, like, I don't think Flashpoint, the comic, does that either. So I think that's a flaw just inherent from the piece of work. And I'm not sure how you would have her involved in it more, but... Be creative. I'll, I'll let Peter talk, and then I have, I have one yeah. other thing I, I just remembered what it was. I agree. Like, I think um, for, like, the majority of the movie, like, we don't really see... Like, even through flashback scenes and stuff like that, and, uh, like, you don't you don't really feel the connection between the characters, and I agree, like, acting wasn't particularly excellent either, but I thought, like, the final confrontation at the grocery store was actually really well done. Like, I think, uh, if anything, like, the, I think the comedy of this movie was terrible, but at least, like, the eventual emotional conclusion in the grocery store was pretty well done. Like, um, the fact that, you know, he has to go through, like, to undo something that he did he himself, and he knows exactly the consequence, while the other party doesn't know who he is, nor what's going to happen to her. Um, is pretty powerful in my opinion and, and the dialogue delivery was well done as well uh, I think I don't know why but like Andy I think is a horror director right you said he did it he did both one. movies yeah so like I mean I get it why that he might be lacking on the humor and the comedy department but at least like that emotional scene I thought was very well done well I would say that the it movies are not super horror not super successful horror either but whatever, whatever. Oh. that's that's separate yeah they're just popular. That's it. Mm. I think they're decent. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think another issue 
that I have is um, I think okay. Here's here's my uh, hypothesis. Hypothesis. Part of this movie thinks that it is about inspiring people to be a hero and like choosing to be a hero. The movie does not keep with this idea and does not make it its core idea. It chooses a more cynical thing instead of what is clearly like a very optimistic idea of like you should choose to be a hero. My evidence for this is that Kara has to be convinced to be a hero. She mm-hmm. decides not to for a while. Uh, Michael Keaton has to decide to be a hero. Yeah. Um, oh God. The f- younger Flash has to um, has to kind of like learn to be a hero as well. And he has a point where he says, "You are my hero, Barry." And there's a part where Flash has to regain his powers. I think at some point there needs to be a part where Barry doesn't want his powers. Yes, I don't think he's it... in the dimension with his mom back and doesn't want to stay there at all. Like, there's yeah. no urge. Like He's just like, I'm good. I, I'm good. I'll keep the powers, too. It's like, yeah. no, you should not have your powers because you have to learn with great power comes great responsibility. And, like, the idea that the powers are kind of like they're a curse, I guess, and it comes with good and bad, right? So you have to – there has to be a part where – either because you chose or by happenstance you've lost your powers so that regaining them is like something you are you come around on you have to have to not want them and not have yeah. them before the the issue i have the movie presents is that the flash does not have powers and he has to recreate his powers in the bat cave why did he not do this yeah. a day ago yeah. If he just wants his powers back, why would he not just do it? Yeah. He has no there's no point where he's like, Man, I hated having my powers. This is significantly better. It's not a sacrifice he has to make to get his powers back, but they make it like it is. There's a part yeah. where he's like, Oh, this sucks so bad to have to get my powers back and Kara like literally lifts him into heaven like he's an angel or like like yeah. she's an angel and that he's Jesus who has died on the cross and there's like a blinding white light and i'm like okay are we really doing this first of all very very Zack snyder heavy-handed religious imagery we're clearly still it's also just a suit it's also just a superhero thing in general but like yeah you can do that in a way that's good like i i love a good jesus reference in a superhero movie i really do but you gotta it's like mean something like death and rebirth has to like mean something it has to be a real thing i also fell asleep for like two minutes at this point in the movie (laughs) yeah it essentially it has to be an actual sacrifice because if it's something you wanted to do anyways that's not a sacrifice i'm sorry and literally it has to be that he's taking on the sins or the like he's carrying a burden for everyone and sacrificing himself like it like it has to be a it has to be set up in such a way that for humanity, like he's taking on their burden and becoming yeah. the flash. Like that's what it has to be. And it's just like, there's no reason to think that that's what it is here. And isn't it like... really silly that how like anyone can repeat this? It's not like some <laughs> special thing. It's just chemicals yeah. and lightning. Right. So yes, also true. And like, like in some versions, and I think even the flash TV show does this, like flash becomes the lightning that struck him. Like, that's yeah. an interesting idea that he was, like, chosen, he was destined to do this, or, like, he grants the power to himself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just, like, 
yeah, it's there needs to be a moment where he is happy without his powers, where he's like, no, Barry, you be, I'm just going to stay with mom. Like, that's clearly what needs to happen. I'm yeah. just going to stay with mom, and yeah. life without powers is a good thing. And instead, he's just, like, gallivanting off with younger Barry and being like, man, you're such a fucking idiot. I wish I had your powers right now. And it just, it seems like the best thing in the world to have those powers. Um, But enough about that. Let's talk about the fact that there are two Ezra Miller Barry Allens in this movie. Yes, Peter, what do you want? I have so much to say. I have so much to say. But what? About what? Two Barrys. Oh, okay, good. It is about what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, let's hear you go. Two berries. Dude, okay. So when the the younger berry first showed up, I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. You know, we're going to have an interesting (laughs) dynamic. (laughs) You know, because like initially, all the jokes, all the jokes up until that point were missing, man. Like, oh my goodness. Like, um, it was just like, like you guys said, it was just like, like there was cringe, but funny, but there's also just cringe. But like, yeah. The, the yeah. movie's in the ladder for like 90% of the time. So I was like, okay, this is good. This is where the funny came in. Because like when he first showed up, you know, all cheery with the fucking headphones, long hair. And it was, it was like, you know, it was like joy, joyful, you know, it seems, seems like it's going to be fun. But then, oh my God, it just like, um, I think um, there's a thin line between like a character being annoying for like a comedic purposes and and the character just being annoying and i have no idea why but they just like they were just in the annoying camp the entire movie (laughs) i I think it might just be because andy hasn't done comedies in the past and this might be like you know his first time doing comedic movies but like all the jokes are missed like i I think i got laughed like laughed out loud like twice in the entire Mm. movie in a movie about the Flash, one of the funniest characters in the DC universe, supposedly. So, um, nope, it didn't work. And uh, I, I want to talk about the reverse Flash stuff as well, but we'll save that for a later point because I, I thought that worked. So, I think uh, I think this is just the characterization that Zack Snyder established, and like then, awkward, and it works yeah. when he's the side character to less annoying yeah. people. And he's mm-hmm. just chiming in, and you're like, ha ha, <laughs> you have an annoying <laughs> thing to say. But he doesn't talk that much. When it's yeah. just like pure, unfiltered, a whole movie of that character times two? Like, wh- what were you thinking would happen? Yeah. <laughs> he created the most annoying character alive, and there's two of them now. And they're bouncing off each other with their annoying energy. And like, I don't, like, Barry Allen is not, like, a super well-defined character. Like, you said The Flash is supposed to be a funny character. I don't think that's true. Oh, really? I think that's true In of Spider-Man. In the show, Spider-Man. he's not, like, a... He's not exactly. really a jokester. It's yeah. true of Spider-Man. It's true of Deadpool. Those are characters... Even Deadpool is more annoying than he is funny sometimes. But, like, there are some characters who being funny is actually associated with their character. Barry Allen is not one of them. He's also oh, not wow. the more popular Flash. It's crazy that... We have more Barry Allen than Wally West, but that's a side thing. Um, my point being that you could have gone with like a, just a different characterization. This is a weird route to go to make him so annoying that like there was a part where I literally said to my move my TV screen, "Shut the fuck up! Like please stop talking." <laughs> like I just yeah. could not handle it. And uh, I'll stop, but I have one more thing. I'll I'll say it after. Yeah. Uh... 
yeah, these, I also was talking to my screen at certain points where I was just like, I was just like, ugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck off. I really don't have much to add to this other than just like, it was such a chore. I paused this movie and got up and did something else for like five minutes. Because like, <laughs> I was just like, wow, like I can't watch this right now. It's It's crazy. Another thing that is insane to me is why he goes back in the past and arbitrarily we decide he's going to end up for most of the movie in Man of Steel era, 10 years mm. prior. You've given yourself less wiggle room than one might like, but have we considered having just a different person play younger Barry? It happens for Batman. Why can yeah. we not have yeah, a different, less annoying, less criminal person play younger Barry so that I don't have two Ezra Millers. You're also just creating a headache in post to have to like digitize someone's face. Yeah. It's easier. And now we just have a Dear Evan Hansen situation where a 30-year-old <laughs> is playing an 18-year-old and he just looks like a full-grown adult. Yeah. There's a part where like <laughs> where, where the young, dad's like you look old. Yeah, dad says you look same. old. And Ezra, like, young Barry says, you look like you're 40 when he has the same face. <laughs> you look the same. You both look 40. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would say, though, Ezra Miller in uh, The Perk of Being a Wildflower was Different like a movie. Bri- I know, I know. Was like a brilliant, br- like, the his depiction of, like, a teenage or, like, um, high school student was like good i don't know what happened like it might be the script it might just be like you know like what happened he's not like a bad actor but it's just like you know (laughs) whatever yeah Uh, i i do want to say something that is actually a positive uh because uh a little while ago uh peter you had said that like all the jokes up until that point have been missing i generally agree however there were actually some parts that i was like that's funny and then they kind of ruined it like i like in i kind of like the baby sequence at the beginning i actually think that when he looks over and he sees like what the threats are like comically exaggerated like mm-hmm. one baby has a bunch of knives about to hit it I and, know. Then another, and then another one's like about to fall into like a thing of fire like that's funny like i think i legitimately yeah, think no, that's a funny gag of like it's it's an absurd the threats are so absurdly exaggerated and then i don't like the way that scene ends is like the woman screaming and then he's like um yeah you, uh, you should uh seek uh, services uh, but i actually think it's kind of funny up until that point and i was like okay this scene isn't that bad and i i don't even i don't even mind the baby microwave thing like i just like like i don't have a problem with that i don't have a problem with the I actually think the shot where he is like reaching for the baby and then goes past into the vending machine is kind of good. I actually kind of like, like, because it, it is a decent fake out where it's like, oh, he's reaching for it and then he just dives right for the vending machine. I kind of like that. I don't mind it. And so my that this ties into my broader point of there are some moments that are either funny or a decent idea in this movie that they either ruin immediately after with something annoying or they just don't explore the idea or they don't they didn't think about the idea well enough and so it just winds up being dumb. Yeah. 
Dude, now that you've described it, it really makes that scene sound like the, the Mario scene where they're trying to fix the, the pipe and the dog started, yeah, you know, and they're trying to lock the dog in. It's the now worst scene remember also, at the very beginning of the It's just the Mario exaggeration. Film. It's yeah, exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. They're both scenes that use that. Yeah. Worst yeah, thing happening. I understand, yeah. And it, but, um, I'll say that I do think that, like, the idea of, like, Looney Tunes deaths for a bunch yeah. of babies, like, that is, like, a funny idea. I think I think execution is all over the place. Just like very strange choices that didn't work for me. CGI babies look terrifying. The CGI sure. generally in this movie is very bad. Yeah, I was I was more like, just being like accepting. Okay, it's gonna look like this the whole time. I'm gonna try to, <laughs> yeah, like just think about like yeah. what's going Again, on. Here. Yeah. Just like give like stop crunching your VFX artists. Give them time to make babies that don't look. Like yeah. goblins. He's sailing <laughs> goblins that are falling from the sky. Give me a second, Peter. I'll also say that the the scene is ruined for me partially by the food thing. I think if you just eliminate oh, really? the food thing at if you just take it out as an if we don't have to keep talking about the food thing, it becomes like a little less goofy. Well, no, I like, actually I like the food thing because it puts a limit on what should be such a powerful character that it's not even like, how could he ever have sure. a problem? It's a they very just don't, interesting perspective. They just don't, they don't do it again. They don't you. They don't bring it up again in the movie, and that's what the problem is. Exactly, it's the consistency, yeah. It, yeah. It's good that he has a limit, I think. I think there are other limits you can do with the Flash. They just choose not to explore them as limits, because the issue is that he is very early in his career, yet he seemingly has all of his powers figured out, and we just never got to see him struggle. So, like, he is running up a building and dancing between falling objects like that is something that someone whose power is run fast does not like should not just be able to do they have to come up with ways well how does he run fast to save people falling and i think that that could have been a struggle like imagine if he has to run up a bunch of stairs for example and then he's like i don't know just for example i also think well, that like yeah there's like a, there's a bit of like a like the reason why I laugh during that scene is at the end where he's looking at the baby and he's smiling and he gives like the most psychotic smile. <laughs> he's like, ee, like yeah, I did it. Eee. Terrifying. Yeah. Well, I think that's just his smile, yeah. genuinely. <laughs> sure, their smile. Well, yeah. It is, well, the character character is yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's hard to. Yeah. Speaking of and I and I thought okay, oh, just one more yeah. comment about that scene, sure. like. I just thought, like, that's such an exaggerated, like, like it's a bunch of criminals robbing a, like, a, like a lab, right? At the base robbing the... a hospital. So it's yeah. just kind of, and then just the whole the hospital collapse. Like, what is going on, man? Like, yeah. The, uh, I think, it's... I think, I think as an idea, I'll just say this. As an idea, babies falling from the sky, Flash has to save them. That's not a bad idea. No, that's I not a bad idea. The execution is no, crazy. No. And choices like what causes babies to fall out of sky like that is not the most logical reason why babies yeah. falling from sky i think like, you could have like done I so many other things the uh, the scenario presented to the flash is actually very interesting because like when you see like a very dangerous or like unlikely scenarios happen you're you're like picturing okay how is the hero gonna solve it and like during that scene i was just thinking yeah how is he gonna solve it there are literally so many babies it's not like flash can you know a dash in midair or something. How is he going to make sure these babies land safely? It's a very interesting scenario. But there are just so many other things going wrong in that scene that the scene sort of got ruined for me. So, um, I will say that I 
actually disagree with like the idea of like I don't think the setup's wrong. I think it's I again I actually think it's a good idea that it's like it is so exaggerated like the building is collapsing like the building is collapsing and they all flew out the window and it's, no, it's such what? a like absurd setup. I wish that the entire movie was like that. I wish that the entire movie was this absurd degree of like using this absurdist comedy, but it just it drops it after that. Like I don't mind that the ground is crumbling. I think it's I think it's funny that it's just like it's at once like oh it's a typical superhero thing like we've seen this a building's falling and people are coming out the window but i like that it's like it's a really silly like version of it and i think that that's fun um i hate the batman chase that's so pointless i hate that we're cutting no that's 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 kind of what we're talking about is like this the reason why the babies are falling out the window is weird why does it involve batman why is it the why is it falcone's kid instead of like a recognizable villain why is it why are they stealing from a lab why are they stealing covid from a lab yeah oh yeah i would just cut that yeah virus from a lab like all of these are like extraneous details and i think there are simpler more flash centric options that they could have explored i think you Uh, literally don't have to explain it too you could literally just say the building is crumbling babies no like and that would be that is better than okay i didn't know that's what you meant i thought you meant like the mechanism was wrong and i was like or even like consider this like what if there was god forbid a flash villain who said flash i'm gonna kill you or these babies yeah (laughs) come get me and then he throws babies off a roof that is actually like a thing of supervillain does in comic books they're crazy and it adds to the looney tunes-ness of it i don't think like like they tried to make it too real again some something that sometimes happens but um i want to talk about something different iris west is in this movie for some reason barely as like the romantic lead that is just like really just shoehorned in there yeah glad that like they didn't progress it too far in a movie that she wasn't really in at that they kind of like said it as like he's he's working on that side of himself that's fine but yeah, like he can't that, move on. The idea is like he can't move on, and that's why he can't have a girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, so like that's end, not yeah. a bad idea, and yeah. like we'll we'll develop this later in movies that don't exist anymore. But yeah. like the idea that Iris West is attracted to this just like <laughs> obnoxious, rude asshole is crazy to me. It's and crazy, he, he right? Does, <laughs> he does nothing to like make her. Like, that, nothing that would make him appealing to her. He yeah. is not even, like, actively pursuing her as a... And not, like, pursuing in a bad connotation. <laughs> I like, know! He, he is not asking her out. If he's he not had, courting like, her, no. <laughs> yeah. No, if he yeah. was, like... If he was the one trying, and she was like, sure, I'll give it a try. That is yeah. something, like, I could buy. But she has decided that there is something <laughs> attractive about this crazy man... That she is willing to not only, like, try it once, but when that goes so poorly that he, like, leaves, he just, like, walks out the door, she's willing to try it again, and, like, again, is, like, the only one doing the courting. Wild stuff. No chemistry. Crazy. Yeah. Yo, like, empty shell of a character. Like, seriously. Like, I think her entire character description can just be... I am hot for Barry Allen. Like, seriously. Like, yeah. that's, that's what she did for the entirety of the movie. You know? Oh, like, 
uh, I'm not sure if like the Justice League stuff is canon or not, but like like technically they did meet very briefly in Justice they me- League. What they mentioned that it is so oh, canon they did. that they refer to it in this movie. Oh, they yeah. did. Okay, okay, yeah. never mind. Um, but like, but like when they first met outside the courtroom, um, she was like, "Oh, I haven't seen you since university. How are you doing?" Blah blah blah, which is like normal stuff. And then it progressed into you uh, like you, like. And I, like she's apologizing, which is fine. And at the very end, it's like, "Yo, let's go on a date." Like, what? What? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Seriously. Like, I think that's literally her, her. Her entire role in the movie was just like, like ask Barry out. Like, seriously. Like, first time, second time, third time. Like, oh my goodness, does yeah. not exist as a character on her own. Terrible 100%. writing. Like, what is going on? Hundred percent, I agree. That's definitely one of the only functions she has is just like to be that thing, to be like an offer for Barry. That like, oh, if he had moved on, he could do this, but because he's not, he can't. Like the offer is right there, and so like that's why, from a certain script perspective, it makes sense that she is like clearly interested in him, but just do it better. And so like, but then the other function is just like reminding us of stuff like there's a hilarious moment where they have a normal conversation and then she just out of nowhere is like yeah so you're you're like fucking dad might be in prison for life after tomorrow right like she like hard pivots and is like yes your your dad's so like what about your dad's court date like because you know how he like fucking killed your mom and i that's what i think like it's just like out of nowhere, like what? And by the way, some like, of the most awkward conversations yeah. too. By the yeah. way, like, and it oh truly feels it truly feels the entire time that she is trying to get a story out of him. That she is yes. trying to be like a journalist, and she's just using him, which would and that could be, be interesting. Could be interesting, but also yeah. in this movie, I think would be a little psychotic to be like, like, like the person yeah. who is supposed like in the comics. If we're talking about fate and stuff, like is his love interest character it's his mary jane to have her like manipulate him like that would kind of make her an asshole it would absolutely make her an asshole but you know to play her as like a morally gray character who simultaneously cares about him but is also such a career person that like she is like trying to get some information like there's something there yeah yeah um speaking of girls there's that line this is so small but there's that line in the third act where out of nowhere, uh, Barry Allen is like, I'm a Barbie girl or something. <laughs> like, he just says, yeah! I, I actually laughed at that. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Apparently, I don't erase that from my mind. Yeah. Apparently, it was supposed to cue off a, a Barbie girl aqua. Like, like it starts oh. playing in the action scene. Two problems. One, they took out the song. So, apropos. Yeah. So, no, so it just, like, it happens and then. It's just like, wait, did he just say that? And why? <laughs> I guess because of Barbie. But like, in some of the earlier screenings for fans, they saw that. They saw the Barbie version, and it's just gone. Okay. Two, yeah. even with the song, it is it doesn't make sense. Apropos of nothing, <laughs> he's just like, I'm a Barbie girl. What? Why did you say that? <laughs> why? why? Like, he doesn't know that the non-diegetic song is about to play. Like, no, like, and like, like so, he doesn't like Barbies. There's no, there's no Barbie joke earlier in the movie. Yeah. There's not like a coy reference at like the fact that Barbie is different in this universe. That it's not Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the Michael J. Fox joke instead. That's right. a real thing. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Completely if they did random. like the you know how Guardians does like we're Kevin Bacon now. If they just did that joke, like essentially the same yes. thing and just were like, Oh, where I don't know whoever the fuck uh who who plays who they who they were saying plays Marty McFly in the real in this world, I don't remember. Yeah, like but just, like, oh like yeah, so just stupid. bring that joke have have one of them say like have like uh current Barry say like we're gonna be like that actor and then younger Barry says we're gonna be like Michael J. Fox or whatever and then it's like oh they've come to an agreement or whatever it's still then, dumb but like yeah. I don't know it's, and like, then play it like sets like the Chuck Berry song they do in Back to the Future yeah like tie it into something you've already or or about. do like a cover of that because it's like a different version of it that might be fun yes yes exactly like just something <laughs> um I think we can wrap this up with yeah uh, well well before um like direction I'll talk about. I think Andy Machete is part of the reason this movie is so insane. I think it's, I don't think, I don't, like, I think this movie was through development hell, and there was probably a lot of voices from the yeah. executive side, but I also think a better cur- director could have done something better with this insane mess of a yeah. movie. I think the pieces that he was given, he also just did poorly, <laughs> like, and a lot of it, a lot of it's easy to say as a director, like the visual stuff is bad, and it is. It like, is. Like the wide angle fight scenes is such a strange choice. The that could Batman, be good if executed better. The, yeah. Yeah, the Batman yeah. action scene in the beginning with Ben Affleck is just like nothing. It is it's completely awful. without tension. I could yeah. not care. It's literally like a cocoa melon, like yeah. flashing images that mean yeah. nothing. It is nothing. Um, what else? Uh, uh, the video game shot in the end, like just like like he's making <laughs> insane choices on a movie that already was like it was inevitably going to be bad. What's the he uh, what's the he made it worse? Shot? Is what I'm saying. The video game shot is the one that looks like it's the beginning of like a like the end of a cutscene, like when Supergirl's in the middle and the two flashes are on the side and they all run oh, it's the like... camera, and then it was and it looks like. Start playing now. <laughs> it's time to start playing. It's, but it's really also, the it's it's the arc from their front where you're looking at yes. them. How you view a cutscene to behind <laughs> them, which is how you play a video game. You're in third yeah. person, so it's it's really like how did you not see that coming? Is that it's gonna yeah. look like now? Start playing. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if there's some level of like he wanted it to, which is a bad decision, <laughs> I think. But like. I, okay, so what I'll say about the direction, I think it is, like, really strange and all over the place, but I think there are hints of, like, oh, this was supposed to be, like, really absurd, and for whatever reason, it didn't commit to that, and I think, again, that would have been really fun if it was just this super absurd movie, like, the the moment I actually think this is kind of, like, pretty funny, when Barry tries to phase through the wall after he's lost his powers, and then he's, like, does the run and he does this his insane run yeah. but in normal run and the i actually like the camera they use because they use this kind of like tracking shot that's following him in a circle and then they cut to this like like high angle and it's like okay that was a funny way to cover that because it's pointing out how absurd he looks and i, I actually really like that but, but like the movie isn't that like it's just it's just weird choices all around I think tonally a big issue, like maybe he's the one advocating for the goopiness, but yeah. it's conflicting with the tone of the general tone of the year yeah. set up by Zack Snyder, who is easily like Peter was talking about how 
he's got like a very clear visual style like that has just permeated the entire dcu because he started it it looks yeah. like a Zack snyder movie and it's like i don't like his visual style <laughs> and it is every single movie looks like this more or less um and i think it's so funny then that we are flashing back to a Zack snyder movie so that the goofiness is even more absurd like it just does not yeah. work in an ultra serious universe it's and then now you're also doing Michael Keaton, which is a different tone, yeah. Which is also kind of on the goofier side, but like. And they could have leaned into that and made it fun, much. but like, that's what I mean. Like they could have, they could have done that. I also want to say on directing, the just arguably the primary role of the director directing actors. Actors. Bad. No also chemistry bad. between any characters and None. So, like seemingly like I think in fairness the script is so bad in some parts that. <laughs> it would be legitimately hard to motivate some of these lines. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Particularly Iris's character, I feel very bad for that actress because, like, for real. like none of the lines have anything to them. So I don't know. I have some sympathy for both Andy and that actor uh, because, like, Kiersey, yeah. that that the, would be hard. I don't <laughs> know how you, you can't that. pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kiersey Clemens. Yeah, it's fine. Nope. No, that was a different actor I can pronounce. But, yeah, I think that, like, character direction is bad in this movie and that's the maybe hey, hey maybe that's why i like supergirl in this movie so much because she has no lines she's just being a badass <laughs> no i i also like people said that supergirl was good in this maybe the actor was but it's hard to be like an actor was good in a movie that was directed and written well i mean i just thought like yeah. she was like she's effortlessly cool in the i think movie. she was cool i think, I think she was yeah. cool yeah i think it's honestly like i would take the stance of like man, it sucks to be her because this should have been, like, a big thing for her. She could have continued to be Supergirl. This is, like, her biggest role to date. I don't know I if it's I think, according to IMDb, she's still attached to be Supergirl. I might be wrong. Though. Oh, maybe she is. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I, I would not like, mind that at all. I thought... Yeah, no, I think she's a great Supergirl. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's just... She was just, like, completely underserved and given nothing to work with. Absolutely. As a director who clearly did not know what he was doing. Um, but, like... No, I, 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 think, I think it's very clear from fellow directors that the direction is bad, which is, again, I said this earlier, but insane that people watched this movie and said, that guy needs to direct Batman. <laughs> Dude! I have, I have three examples of Batman in this movie directed poorly. Why would you take that as evidence for why he should? That's, yeah. like, completely incongruous. I don't get it. You know what else is crazy? Stephen King, legendary author, right? Tom Cruise, legendary action film star, producer. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. They all said, and James Gunn, well, he's, like, attached to this project, yeah. so, you know. They were but paid. These, these two people, best movie ever, excuse me? They're oh, my lying. God. They are lying through their teeth. There's <laughs> no way, there is not a single chance Tom Cruise watched this movie and said, this is going to save cinema. Somebody paid him off to do that. Somebody made a deal how to much? do that. Some, uh, how much? I don't know. Someone made, a deal to, someone made a deal with Xenu for that one for sure. Literally. Someone, like, like they just gave him a sacrificial lamb. Like, like yeah. that is, there's not a single way those people actually believe. I don't even think James Gunn watched this movie and said it was good. That's his job. That's the yeah. kind of thing we're dealing with here. Um, 
last, let's kind of uh, work towards wrapping up. There's, I just want to say, it, relating to Thor: Love and Thunder, there was a floating CGI head in this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. both have it. Yeah. Crazy, crazy that they did that. Um, this movie ends with a post-credit scene. For some reason, where Aquaman oh, is there, that I didn't Wait, like understand. That credit scene did even... not set up anything, right? It was it, just a goofy scene, like completely random. He's not. I yeah. was literally like, "Is the point that I is like, is there a multiverse thing going on? Like he's nope, like he's no messed multiverse. up Aquaman or a bit, or like I just I didn't get to <laughs> see it. You like, messed up Aquaman. No, like yeah. <laughs> like I thought almost. What would have made more sense is if Aquaman played a bigger role in the Flashpoint universe if yeah. he had died or yeah. if he was actually present, if he was played by a different person and just seen from afar, any of these things so that Flash can be like, man, it was weird being in another universe where you were blank. And Aquaman said, I was blank? That's crazy. Yeah. Nope. Didn't do that. I thought. I thought like the whole thing is the um, them trying to say like the, the Aquaman is not Aquaman anymore. But then he's like, oh, it's literally Atlantean treasure. I was like, okay, so he is Aquaman. Yeah, I actually I heard... thought that too. I thought he was trying to say he wasn't Aquaman as well. Yeah. And then yeah. Oh, weird. No, because because I, I, I thought that's what guy, the gag was is that he falls in a puddle. He falls in water, and yeah. he like, I don't know. You do Drowns. something with. Yeah, he I drowns. thought I, I heard that he drowns in a puddle, and I thought he actually was going to drown in a puddle. And I was like, <laughs> "Is this the part where he drowns in the puddle at the yeah. end of the movie?" <laughs> also, um, this yeah. this and the and the Batman scene are si- filmed on the same studio back lot. Very obvious, and other parts of the movie, very yeah. obviously studio back lots where just like vacant, empty, empty no streets. one around, no one is there. Just like devoid of any atmosphere, just yeah. like, like it was. It reminded me of Obi Wan, the planets where it's just like, yeah. oh, this was, yeah. this was a set. The, this was a was six a by thing. this was a six by six volume in Obi Wan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like this one, like I almost swear, like I could have been there. I I toured yeah. the Warner Brothers back lot. I probably walked where they were, and it was so obvious. Yeah. Um, and I, I wonder if it was COVID. But also, I have a good feeling that that was reshoots. It yeah. screams reshoots that you have these big name characters and stupid small character scenes, where they're, and they're filmed on the same spot, like ten meters from each other. Literally, the same alley is that same scene. Yeah. That's that screams reshoots. Uh, and this movie had two, if not three. Aquaman has a lot, apparently. Aquaman two, um, <laughs> which is coming, which is next. I guess. The, awesome. I guess no, it's Blue that's Beetles what, first. Blue Beetles. Oh, that's true. Blue Beetles yeah. first, and then Aquaman two, the last, hopefully, of the DCEU. Uh, and that's what this post credit scene is setting up. We're gonna nice. start the movie, and he's gonna still be lying in that puddle. We have to find out how did he start in this puddle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else can we say? Um, cultural impact. This movie has none. No. I've we've talked to several people. Like I've talked to a lot of people. Yeah. We've talked to some of the same people. I'm sure you <laughs> people have talked to people. Everyone is like, "There's a Flash movie." <laughs> that I mean, the yeah. primary reaction is great. It's so yeah. funny to me. Just yeah. like complete unawareness. Yeah, that's hilarious. Peter, I want to talk about how they just absolutely fumbled when it comes to Reverse Flash. At okay, least now like, we can get to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk about that. 
I think genuinely there was a good storyline in this movie, but they just absolutely did not use it. Um, which like, is? Which is the reverse flash. Because I thought it was like um, very well set up. You know, like we already had the intrigue factor starting in act one where he got pushed out the portal by like a mysterious figure in purple. And then, so we're like, okay, who is he? You know, I want to learn more. And then the way they resolve and like set up the, they explain the reverse flash of backstory is also very interesting where he's literally created because he believes that he could save people by doing things over and over again or like, like, and still live in a world where his mom is still alive. Like that's genuinely a compelling plot that Barry literally has to go against his own, I guess, love for his family in order to save the world. It's a very, very good plot that they just decide to not explore. And like the few scenes where the reverse flash win the movie were some of my favorite scenes in the entire movie where like his appearance and an eventual uh, resolution where um, young Barry chooses to uh, sacrifice himself because he knows he turns into reverse flash if he keeps going. So you keep using the I thought, word reverse flash, but I don't think that means what you think it means. That was not reverse flash. Oh, that's not reverse flash. Okay, that's well, like I just thought like that character as a villain was like sure. it could, could be much more interesting than just uh, like I mean, was there even an obvious villain in this movie? I mean, I guess Zod, but Zod's not really like <laughs> you know. It's like yeah. he. Like, there was no villain in this movie. No, no, no. Zod, Zod is very clearly the villain in this movie, I would say. I would say that there's an added wrinkle that a secondary antagonist is mm-hmm. Flash himself, future Flash, or yeah. if we're using the Flash show terminology, Savitar, which I would say is basically what he is. He's more Savitar than he is. Because Reverse okay. Flash is a different character. It's not Barry. Okay, okay, okay. The whole idea of Reverse Flash is that he wants to go, he wants to, he hates the Flash. That's his thing. So I'm I'm glad that they didn't do that, that they didn't do Reverse Flash as he is in the comics. I think that would have been too much. And as, I think Reverse Flash as a character, if he were ever to be in a movie, is best suited as a sequel or a third movie where the idea of like the Flash having impacts that he could not foresee just because he is a well-known hero. doesn't really mm-hmm. work on your first movie. That's um, fair, yeah. What I will say is uh, we should also talk more about what we would have done in this movie. That's the last point I have. My suggestion. I think that what the movie should have suggested, instead, instead of uh, uh, like focusing on the point that some things cannot be changed, fate is inevitable, I think what the message should have been is that you have to choose to be a hero despite your past, despite the deaths and the failures. And sometimes it's going to be very hard, but like that's what a hero does. They save people. I think that should have been like the thing. And they like, kind of do it. Hmm? Like don't they, let your past define you type, type message? Don't, oh, like the thing that they said, yeah. <laughs> and so like instead of like, like, they focus so hard on this idea of, like, you can't solve everything. But I, I think that he, what's great about that line, too, is that you could have used that and yeah. have that be, like, turn that into a negative thing. Like, sometimes people say the wrong thing. Like, what if his mom saying you can't solve everything was, like, a low point for him? Being like, man, you can't solve everything. I guess I'll give up. And then at a later point, he can be... 
maybe maybe I can. Maybe she was wrong. And instead of just being like defeated, there's a very great sense of defeat in this movie that like you just have to give up and try and like just not do what you did. And it makes the whole like saving Metropolis thing, or it's not Metropolis, but saving that world is just like it becomes impossible. And I think defying the impossible is what superheroes do. And so creating a superhero movie where they're saying, no, the impossible is real and you just need to give up, like that is so disheartening. So my suggestion is that kind of going with the idea that the Flash doesn't want to be the Flash anymore at some point, he has to learn to be a hero. Kara, Batman or whoever, young Flash, they all have to learn how to be heroes. And I think the key emotional heart of this movie is not so much the mom thing, it's a little bit, but it's that kid in Metropolis he saves. He needs to go back to Metropolis and save that kid again. And I think part of the like, like going backwards in time and trying things over and over and over again could have revolved around that kid instead. Choosing that not either, better, yeah. either, either like, uh, like I haven't thought too much about it, but like centering it around trying to save that dad and being like, like so torn up about like, oh, I couldn't save the kid's dad. And just accepting that, like, no, you need to focus on stopping the bad guys or whatever. And so, like, I just, I'm just really pissed that they, they, they said it was impossible to save that world. And I think that's stupid. And I think you could have done a really nice thing where the Flash is that kid. And I think he should have also, at the end of the movie, oh my god, like saving his visited, maybe visited that kid and been like, hey, how are you, kid? Like something like heroic. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. I don't know. Just some ideas I had. Yeah, I I will say, I don't think... I don't mind the idea of you have to let go a little bit and not every problem has a solution. I don't mind that. That doesn't have to be a depressing thing. That can actually be a really heroic uh, and really hopeful message as well. If the idea is that I know that I'm not necessarily going to win every time and it's not... It's not really about that, but in spite of that, in spite of the fact that not every problem has a solution, I'm going to try my best anyway, because that's like that's what being a hero is about, and that's the point. I actually, I don't mind that, and I actually think that it's not executed well, but in a different movie, that's actually a refreshing idea, that like he in fact cannot carry the entire weight of the world on his shoulders, and no one can do that. And like, there's a certain amount of, yeah, a better movie could subvert ideas of heroes as this Jesus-like figure and instead do it. I actually think The Last Jedi is an example of a movie that kind of does this, where it's like, that's, you don't need to do that to be a hero. You just, like, try and save the people you can and put one foot in front of the other. Like, there's a potentially exactly. very hopeful message within that, and I don't know, like, you, like, and I think, again, The Last Jedi is a very hopeful movie. But, um, I, yeah. I had another point, but I forget what it is. But I agree with you that revolving it around the kid thing would have been a much more interesting time loop. But I agree with you, though, Aiden. I think um, the uh, the whole concept of heroes, that heroes can't do everything and they must choose their battles is actually a very important lesson for a lot of heroes to learn. I think that's sort of like one of the things they did in Far From Home as well, where it's like, you know, you can't, you literally, like, you know, there are sometimes the sacrifice has to come from your part. Like, you can't be the one that's, like, saving the world. Also, make sure that everyone still remembers you. 
and etc. And I think like Spider Verse is actually sort of like um, uh, subverting expectation in the sense that Miles Morales is saying that hey, not only can I do all these things that other Spider Mans can do, but also I'm gonna make sure that my family is safe. And you know that's sort of like a almost a unique take I would say to make sure that uh, um, to sort of like actually literally saving everybody. Yeah, and I think I. Yeah, I think I think what we've decided is like you can use that phrase you can't solve everything but like you do kind of have to subvert it otherwise it is the like you know I, I don't think don't, you have to I, subvert that phrase. I just don't think I think it's a very defeatist attitude in this movie and that doesn't have to be a defeatist. That's not an inherently defeatist phrase. Right. Well, isn't. that's what I mean is like yeah. you have to you you're subverting what is seems like a defeatist thing into not defeated. Sure. I can see the problem being that, like, if he does save everything, if he saves the city, why would he go back and, like, stop the... Or why would he let the murder happen again? And and then the the world would be gone anyways. Like, it would be a... And I... That's kind of a tough thing, is, like, you have to imply that this world could not be the one he left behind. I think there's part of it is just like that's a trap you've set yourself up for. If there was a multiverse situation where he could hop back and his and that world still lives, maybe that's a scenario. But um, this is kind of going against what I'm saying. But like, there, the the reason why the movie does what it does is there has to be a reason for him to go back in time again. Is that this mm. world cannot be the one he left behind. He has to learn the lesson that he was wrong to mess things yeah. up in the first place. Yeah. So, and I think I think the battle can he can learn in the battle that what he did was wrong using that kid, for example. I do just think that you'd have to figure out a different way for him to go back but leave that world intact. I'm not sure how they would do that, but you mm. could figure that out. Um, I also think like other reason, other ways you can subvert the trope is. You can't solve everything, but we can. Like, kind of cheesy, but, like, sure. he's got a team now, and actually, like, working as a team would be a good idea. Crazy for a superhero movie to suggest such a thing, I know, but... <laughs> or, alternatively, another classic superhero idea is, like, maybe I can't solve everything, but I'm going to try my darndest, and, like, into infinity. Look at mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, the time yeah. loop thing with Dormammu. Easily could have done that with The Flash. Just, like, I will not give up. I'll keep going back in time and trying and trying and trying and trying until I find a solution. And I think both of these are just more hopeful options. Um, yeah, but I, I do think that, like, that, like, I don't think the movie's inaccurate to say that what The Flash is doing at the end is destructive. Like, see, this idea of, I like, no, that's true. I think in a, in a bet, again, the situation is bad because I also don't buy that they can't fix the problem. I just, I don't buy that in this movie, and so that's a big problem for me. Um, but in a better movie that sets it up better, I think that that's a decent point. Again, like, the idea that, like, they do have to, like, just put one foot in front of the other, try their best, but they can't, they can't cheat, like, the laws of the universe. Like, that's the way things mm -hmm. are. You know what I mean? Like, accepting that and still marching forth as a hero anyways is, I think, a hopeful message. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I the difference is you can, you have to, you have to accept the past and kind of move forward but also in a way that is like move forward that isn't defeatist. And I think that's what the mm. movie does. 
accidentally. Yeah. It says we we can't change the past, and also the future is fucked too. Like that's what it feels like <laughs> for the Flashpoint <laughs> universe. Uh, this universe can't go on, and it's like it's it's kind of like an implied thing. I don't think they meant to do that, but that's just kind of what happens. I didn't get that vibe, though, to be honest. Like, I see your points, but when I was watching, I didn't get that vibe. So the universe is going to blow up. Uh, <laughs> I, last thing I'll say is I think also, if, if they had developed her more, I, I would have liked for Flash to, like, look for Kara. Like, it, it feels like that's kind of like, like, he knows where Batman is, and he knows where everybody else he met in Flashpoint is. But, like... Mm-hmm. He met Kara, and if if there had been more chemistry between them, obviously this would have mattered more to me. But yeah. I think just as like even as a written character, would you not be curious to like look for the the quote unquote friend you met, who probably exists in this universe? Dude, that is Spider Verse all over again. <laughs> well, it's a good movie. Ugh. I need to find Gwen. <laughs> Where's Gwen? Well, he doesn't look for Gwen in his own universe, but no, 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 no. But yeah. yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree that would be, I agree that would be interesting, but I, like, uh, no, I agree that would be interesting. I, I just have a separate thing as well. So for something that I would have liked to see them explore, and again, this is like a, a much smarter movie would have to do this. Like, I, I know, I know that like some people, if I say this, I know I might, I might get the response of like, well, what were you expecting from the flash? Well, it's like, it yeah. can be good, but whatever. Um, like, so a human being is like quote unquote meant to perceive time in a certain way and arguably time is a very important factor to humans because what a human is is not static it's something that's constantly changing and it's affected and shaped by the flow of time so getting a character who doesn't have to obey by that and exists in a different can exist in a different type of space and time and you can tie in like religious themes of like does he even start seeing himself as a human being anymore and this can tie into like ideas of like you can't change the past that's the way things are oh well they don't have to be for me like you can you can start bringing in a lot of interesting ideas i think if you like if you really dig into how that like affects his character other than like he's just a fast guy I don't know if the movie if a movie needs to do this. That's just something I've never seen, and I think that would be a really interesting idea. It could also tie into like the Savitar reverse flash guy as well. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like he's like gone to that point or it's there's some sort of ideology there. I just feel like that's a it's another in some ways it's also like an obvious route to take that it's like he's playing God and he has to learn not to do that. And so Maybe you don't do that exactly, but you do it in a more interesting way. I just think that there there's an interesting idea in there, and I it's yeah. a stone I agree. Unturned. Like the the movie yeah. itself is just so vanilla. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of us are having superhero fatigue right now. It's like initially it's like cool, you know, it's like a mix between CGI becoming more and more mature, so like seeing these big epic effects on screen. Versus, like, you know, superhero being a very much unexplored genre until, like, more recently. Um, well, actually, that's not true because we have Batman movies. I, th- I guess, like, superheroes being more mainstream. It's, more, it's more concentrated. It's yeah, 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 yeah. We've had superhero like, movies for two decades. Like, since yeah, and I think, even like, re- more recently, like, the novelty is just completely gone. So when the movie is not good, like, you just can easily spot it. And I think, like, yeah. I mean, it probably has to do with us, you know, sort of growing up as well, sort of, like, analyzing movie more critically instead of just, that was a fun movie. 
you know. But yeah. um, I'm I'm so sick of like vanilla and safe superhero movies. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm very like, glad I'm... that I only watched this movie through like torrent. Like I didn't I didn't spend any money on this. And, like <laughs> I I would I wouldn't have had it any other way. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say. Oh, another idea I had for a flash thing. I think what could have been interesting, if you're gonna do Flashpoint, what if what if they had done like, like a movie that had two timelines, like a Nolan Flash movie? This is a Nolan Flash movie. Yeah. It just really, <laughs> they cut like, black and white color cut. Yeah. Literally, though, like, like two <laughs> timelines of like origin story Flash, so pre his first oh. uh, role, and then post his most recent role, and you're cutting between them, so you get some of the like learning to be the Flash bits. And then at some point they converge, and yeah. it's like, whoa, whoa! You did a, a flashback movie, but then you actually go into the flashback, and then what happens then? I don't know. No, that's that just... super interesting, dude. That is literally Man of Steel. Like Man of Steel, at, at least like in the first two acts, we're just intercutting between present and the past. Okay, but this movie could do that in a really interesting way it would because be the the wall between those things is not is permeable. They can. Oh, go that back is and true. Forth. That is and a so good th- point. That, that's yeah, why like that's that. an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. Because instead of them actually meeting in just like regular time, the Flash has actually left his timeline and entered the previous one. I like that actually. That's cool. Yeah, I should have written a Flash movie. Yeah. Um, but Memento uh, yeah. for Flash. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. If if we are, Memento Book Flash would have been a very fun movie. I think that would like that's fun. kind of what Aiden was getting at, like playing yeah. with ideas. Nolan should have done a Flash movie. Very <laughs> <laughs> cool, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if we're done, I did want to. I wanted to ask the question: Do we think this is better or worse than Thor: Love and Thunder? I know you would. You would kind of answered this earlier, Alex, but I'll still open the question up by spades, i think it's better i i think i'll say my thing again by spades i think thor love and thunder is better this might sound crazy but like sure as okay how about this i think thor love and thunder as a movie is like like nonsense it is yeah. completely like like does not make sense none of the things tie together it just does not function as a regular movie as an experience, significantly <laughs> better. I would much, much, much rather watch Thor Love and Thunder, which has, like, crazy performances, ridiculous improv. Like, I think Horrible I could watch improv. that movie. Dude, are you complimenting that. Love and Thunder right now? God damn. <laughs> I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a good movie for the MCU. I don't think it's a good movie for the Thor franchise. I think as a standalone movie, it is not good. But I would much rather watch that crazy movie than this safe and sad, depressing movie. Dude, I think that's a major cap on your life. That's a major Thor, cap. Thor was not as annoying as this. There is like like no competition in my mind. The the goats by themselves are more annoying than anything in the Flash. I, exactly. I do I do believe that, and they're not there as frequently. But there's, this there's is true. less of them. There is less of them, but they are far more annoying than anything in Flash, I think. This is what I would say, though. Thor was painful to watch. This one, at least, like, the third act got some emotional reaction out of me. And Thor had nothing. I did not feel anything after watching Thor. My heart is cold. Fucking void. Yeah. 
Like, so you know, was, but this movie, at least, like, I fell for for Barry at the end. Yeah, so I will say that, like, uh, I I disagree that the third act of this movie is good. I don't I don't like the third act. I also, Agreed. however, do disagree that I don't even think... I would say Thor, Love, and Thunder is very by-the-books vanilla, too. I actually don't think it's, like... I think that, like, one of the one of the reasons that movie sucks so bad is because it's such a bare-bones, like, shitty superhero script that they tried to inject really shitty humor into. And I don't think it's, like... I actually don't think it's that crazy. I think this movie is wackier. I think, like... And if for that reason alone, I think... And I think this movie is somehow, somehow better filmed. I think The Flash looks better than Thor Love and Thunder. I genuinely believe that. Um, and like, and what also, I just no, just like break. Peter just flipped me off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bro. I think it's so cap. You think Love and Thunder this is, is getting better than really this. personal, and I'm not liking the direction. <laughs> bro, I think, dude, I do. As a film student, you think Thor Love and Thunder is better than this movie? Well, I, I shocked no, no, in fairness to Alex, I, I, I get what you're saying. Really, I, tr- I truly do. I'm not, like, I, I understand where you're coming from, but for me, like. The script functions just a bit better in The Flash, and it's just like, like I think looking at Thor: Love and Thunder is a nightmare. Like I think that. Dude, I, listen, I, listen I, to this guy. No, 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 but like, like, no, I, I agree with you. The Flash is a better movie. It's constructed sure. better. It's a bad movie, but yeah. it is better than like the mess, the hot mess that is Thor: Love and Thunder. But again, reiterating what I said earlier, I would rather watch a sure. hot crazy mess and be like man this is so stupid and kind of like laugh at the stupidity it's not funny they're trying to be funny and it's bad and that is funny the comedy isn't funny but the badness of the comedy is funny (laughs) watching the flash so sucking just like devoid the comedy is not funny and it's not funny in a bad way it's like i like i felt lesser and weaker from watching the flash <laughs> so bad dude just That's think cool. about me i was watching no. this and man of steel back to back last night <laughs> think about that man of steel is way know. better though man of oh steel yeah it was, so better. Better. it was better <laughs> it was better yeah. like i think okay one thing i'll say about man of steel though the action significantly better but honestly yeah. i think as like an emotional story <laughs> wild no, take guys flash Genuinely better than Man of Steel. Okay, I don't agree. I don't agree with that, but I don't think the Yo, emotional story I'm is... telling you, the third I, act. I love the third act. Okay. I I don't think the emotional story is good in Man of Steel, though. I think one of the most there's a hilarious moment in that movie when Pa Kent dies, and he's just like, Yeah, he's like, don't, no, don't no, save don't. me. I was <laughs> like, why is he the one that goes back instead of Clark? Why does right? he go back? Oh my God. God. It's like it's the like, dumbest it, moment. <laughs> It's literally the same thing as Flash. Just like, yeah. just let me die. And, like, <laughs> yeah. pessimistic attitude towards it. Like, man, I fucking hate these movies. Uh, we have a question we ask all the time. Yes, we do. No, no. So, all day, every day. No, no. We do, we do have a question. She's going to answer it. No. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this movie is called Predator vs. Movies. This, is the this movie is called Predator vs. Movies? This, this, pod, this podcast <laughs> is called... This pod, hey, this podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. We've done the movie part. Now it's time to get into the Predator. We asked the question, would this movie be better if the mo- if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? 
Uh, Absolutely. Let him sure. headshot Barry in the first five <laughs> minutes. I'm happy. Yeah. Dead. Just this Barry's is a full course. circle moment because that is essentially our same answer as Thor Love and Thunder, where it's just yes. like, it would just be better if something more interesting was in this movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like if we do this for our anniversary every year, which would be crazy. <laughs> but like, yeah. just, just a I bad superhero film things. every year. We'll yeah. run out. I hope we'll run out. But yeah. like, yeah. Next week, yeah. I have no idea what we're doing. I haven't looked at the schedule. Oh, that's I'm away. Techni- schedule, though. That's technically two or three weeks from now. Yeah, right? I'm away. I'm until September. Lost. So that's that one. It's this one. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could do. Uh. Blue Beetle. <laughs> okay. That is what's coming out. We could watch. We could watch the movie that. Is after this movie? We're doing is that movie going movie. Uh, going straight to streaming, or is no, it? No, uh, it's in theaters. Oh, it's a okay. theater movie. That, or that or the one that I, I actually wanted to it. do, we could watch Meg Two. I really want to watch Meg Two, and so we could still. <laughs> watch did you movie. watch Meg One? No, and I don't want to. I don't See, I did. Dude, and dude, you know what's crazy? Alex sent this tweet to me today, and apparently, Megs are based on books. How crazy is that? It well, <laughs> could be like a nine, uh, a nineology of films like Star Wars. And the last mag book is called Mag Purgatory. Oh, just that's, imagine. That's awesome. Just imagine. It goes oh, higher yeah. than this. Okay, uh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking for a long time, just like Thor Love and Thunder, but this is a significantly shorter episode. Uh, yeah. If you like us, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Predator of the Movies. Uh, if you uh, like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. I leave reviews sometimes. Sometimes they're very delayed. It took me a week to do Oppenheimer and more than a week to do Barbie, but it, it will be coming soon in our timeline, not when this is posted. Nice. Uh, so you could also follow me on Letterboxd. I'm 810Sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes, though they are often very short. Peter, do you have any any plugs? Guess what, guys? No plugs for me. You know what that you know means? what that means? Leave a review wherever you listen. Wherever you listen to the podcast, you gotta give us five stars. Like it. Add a comment. Follow the pod. Us. Yeah. And and actually, we did have a comment. No I way. Remind, that I have to remind myself. It's someone we know, so it's a little bit of cheating. Okay. But I, I do I will find it so I can call it out because we said we would. Yeah. Man of my word. But you I do have, have to remember. Out. I have to remember which episode it was, and remembering is uh, not my strong suit. Here we go. Mm. I found it. Jory says. Oh yeah. Says this is my go-to podcast to listen at work nowadays. Thanks, Jory. Does anyone want to guess which episode <laughs> this was for? This is a fun nothing game. It's from this year. Um, so I'll say. This year, I'm gonna say probably not Barbenheimer because that's too recent. It's too recent, yeah. Uh, past lives, Spider Verse. Both of you are incorrect. You have. Uh, I'll give you Mission each of you three Impossible. guesses. Mission no. Impossible. No. Mission Impossible. What else even came out? Extraction Two. <laughs> Extraction yes, you're, Two. You're, you're done, Peter. You have two more, Aiden. Uh, what even came? Oh, uh, Knock at the Cabin. I don't know. Uh, do Guardians guess Guardians oh 
Why would you tell him to guess one? That's your guess. Guardians. I'll guess Guardians. <laughs> Wait, I Bo thought I'm out of guess. Bo is afraid. Bo is afraid. Oh, really? Bo is oh. afraid? Yeah, that's a good one. Forgot the movie happened. You God sure. damn, that was so Anyways. long ago. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, leave a review because we like that. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and it helps us it helps the algorithm uh, and tell yeah. your friends that you like this podcast uh, but yeah the, 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 until next week uh, I've been Alex I've been Peter and I am Aiden and this was oh Flash uh, God and this is uh, Predator vs. Movies see you next week beep, beep, beep. Woo, beep, 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 beep.